Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I am here with Jake Ellenberger and T-Rex. <laughs> I, I just got back from Vegas. Uh, I had a great time in Vegas. Uh, I did shows. I actually trained. I went to wrestling. With, Where'd you uh, go? I went to uh, Drysdale's. Nice. Oh, nice. I, I wrestled with Tyson Griffin, and uh, I saw John Alessio. Those guys were super nice. And uh, this girl, Karina, uh, this pretty cute fighter girl, uh, and I... Uh, I, I I I didn't I, I didn't gas too hard. I I, I gas. Don't get me wrong. I'm not in g- great shape, but uh, I, I, this was a lot of fun. That's and, a uh, great gym, man. Good energy. And Robert, man, amazing coach. Yeah, super nice guy. Everyone there is really cool. Really yeah, cool. everyone there was really cool. And then uh, Baroni came to my show with his wife. Uh, his wife is adorable. Like <laughs> she's this little like uh, brunette, great body, and she's this little thing. And then there's Phil next to her. It's almost like a a, a New York Italian couple, you know. It was uh, adorable. And then I had uh, the girl I was with, the uh, right the forty two year old, the forty two year old. Uh, yeah, how's it going? Uh, it didn't go too well, actually. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Uh, well, what happened was it started off good. It was sort of like, um, uh, yeah, it started off really well. And then uh, she died of old age. She died. <laughs> Thank you, DJ. I, I appreciate that. It's very. That was DJ Schrope, by the way, our uh, producer. Uh, no. She did not die of old age, okay? <laughs> she died of a broken heart. No, she, what happened was, I, you know what it was? You know, she told me that after all, the whole week, I'm like taking her out and we're having a good time and this and that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jake. Jake just held his phone up to the thing. Well, well, the, 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 a morning show the, uh, the budget on this is great. That's how great our sound effects are. You have to hold your phone up to the microphone. So. She told me we were incompatible, right, after – and then she told me that after I pay the bill for the four days. Like, can you tell me that before so we could uh, eat, of course at the, not. eat at the employee dining office and I could have her free? <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. She, she drank a lot, and that's the thing. It's like, when girls drink a lot, I just can't. I, my, my, my ex had an alcohol issue, and I don't know. She was cool. It was fun. We had, we had sex. I mean, we just, just Maybe that's why she drank a lot, because she knew she was going to have sex with you. She needed to get drunk. To- <laughs> Thank you. you know what? <laughs> You're a dick. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, that's basically my, my comeback here. Is that you, no, no. First of all, we had sex when she was sober. Okay, okay. And when she drank, we didn't have sex. That was that was okay. that was one of the issues. And then and then I and then I don't know. I, I, met, I met some other girl. We'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. Nice. You know, but you, never, good, you never seem like you're struggling for women that like you. Uh, well, depends. You know, comedy, you definitely have an advantage as a comic because you make the girls laugh, you have their attention, and you can say certain things. It's hard, though, because, you know, it's hard to maintain a relationship because I'm always on the road. I, I'm, I'm never home. You know, it's, I, I work at night, so, I, you know, it's always hard. But mm-hmm. the shows were great. Yes, mm-hmm. to answer your question, Jake, the shows were awesome. Uh, Useless Gomez came to the show. Oh, nice. Uh, that, that was great seeing him. Eddie Yegan, uh, Gil Martinez. Uh, oh, by the way, awesome. Baroni told me he's now living with War Machine. 
They're they're oh, now that no. that's their new roommate. So that if that isn't a reality well, yeah, show, I mean, what, itself, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go right? You know, so that should yeah. be the name of the show. What could go wrong? Yes, what could go wrong? And it was weird because like, uh, can you just imagine like Phil being like, "Does this sound like a good idea?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I do have a funny story though. So in the hotel. Uh, I don't know. This is kind of kind of funny. In the hotel, they charge you like fifteen bucks for porn, for internet. So, and so I, I wanted to <laughs> watch. Well, no, oh I God. wanted to watch porn. You know, oh so but I don't want to pay fifteen dollars. I don't want to watch porn. You know, so I, I ended up holding my my cell phone while you know taking care of myself, <laughs> which which is pretty sad that you have to like. And then, so I'm, I'm watching like MILF porn, you know, on the thing. And of course, my stepmom calls, right? Right when I'm watching it. So I, so I, I have to ignore, press ignore. You just saw her name, though. Yeah, I saw her name. And, oh, her, and her face pops up. Yeah, and her face. Oh, no. Yeah, so her face pops up while I'm trying to take care of myself. And it just ruined the whole moment, you know? It was just. So I don't know. I, I figured you guys would enjoy that story. Uh, T Rex, how was your week? Oh, it was cool, man. Um, did a show at the Ha Ha Cafe that was a lot of fun um, and then uh, just partied a little bit and, and hung out with the family the rest of the time it's always the same nice always Jake man it was a busy week last week I, we were filming for the countdown show uh, for UFC 172 Thursday, Friday I mean I was so tired by Friday night came around I, I fell asleep at like 7 is it one of those things where they're there for seven hours to shoot like a five minute set thing they have to lighting and this and that yeah, oh yeah yeah like, like for example like they, they went to my physical therapy office where I was doing the therapy for my hamstring and they're like oh what time do you usually go they're like 8.30 you know they show up at like 6 and people are like you know, you know like aren't they gonna come at like 8.30 when you're and I'm like yeah you know they're gonna set up but it's yeah, one of those where they, they follow you for the whole day but you know it's one of those things you just gotta do but they're, they were cool they're, they're easy to work with so it wasn't bad you should've got us some love and had them follow you here I know well, they're coming back <laughs> are they? they're nice. coming nice. back so and how's, that, how's the training going? It's going well, really well. So, I mean, this weekend, I took the weekend off, just relaxed. My body needed it. and uh, No dirt bike racing? Nope, nope. Just watched, watched <laughs> the Supercross on Saturday night, but uh, it, was, it was chill. And then chick-wise, any, any – because any, everyone wants Wait, to you know. you got some tail this weekend, right? Yeah, I heard you got tail this weekend. That's what everyone <laughs> says. Is that what you heard? That's what I heard. It's the word on the streets. The word on the street is Jake uh, Abstinent Ellenberger uh, <laughs> got, some, got some play. All right, thanks, Jake. Thank you very much. That's not awkward at all. I drink the fifth. Yes, but uh, Jake so the fifth. I Jake the fifth. I like that. Nice. So anyway, all right. Like your your walkout music should be "I Touch Myself." Honestly, that should be like the. What are you going to come out to, by the way, in your next song? I actually haven't decided yet. I can't get no That's satisfaction. A... <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't really actually put much thought into that though. But uh, I got yeah, I got a lot to choose from, so. Um, is it gonna be country? Is it be rock and no, roll? No, no, won't be country. Rap. You know, I kind of know what it. Yeah, eh, maybe. You know, just something to kind of like get your mind off of just being so serious. You know, keep it, keep it relaxed, keep it easy. So. My friend Peter Kalshevik, he, uh, I used to take his like his uh, his boxing class at Crunch, and uh, he was like, he was like actually a great Muay Thai guy. He was like 110 and 20 in Muay Thai, but he never could make the transition. He was like Jeez. one and 11 in MMA or something. Mm-hmm. And boxing was never good. One but and I, 11. Something <laughs> was really, it was yeah, it really was like one and 11. So, but he came out to, do you really want to hurt me? I thought that was kind of funny. That's like funny. that was that was kind of a funny <laughs> kind of song. So, all right, uh, now the. A lot of stuff we have to go over. The Macau card. Did you guys watch it? 
I caught the highlights. Caught the, and you? I did not. What the hell kind of show is this? The MMA show. <laughs> you can, okay. Like two in the morning. Yeah, it, two in the morning. I was up. I, I, it started out, first of all, it was at five o'clock in the morning. Which You're is babysitting only, a drunk octogenarian. <laughs> it's the only time. With the wizard sleeve. <laughs> with the wizard sleeve. <laughs> It was the only time that I'll stay up until 7 in the morning to watch a dong, just so you know. But I wanted to see how, do- yeah, at least some dong was getting action. But, um, yeah, so, okay, how well. Was, how was the dong? The dong actually looked great. Um, the, the dong beat Hathaway and came out like with knockout, a... knockout, right? Oh, my God. I saw the finish. It was yeah. a spinning elbow, a spinning back elbow, mm-hmm. and uh, looked amazing. The card was actually great. It was that uh, uh, Matt Matrione won, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he, yeah, he he looked great. <laughs> well, he won with one second left, uh, and then he his like speech talked about like his, his one of his training partners' whole family died in a, in a fire. What? Yeah, oh, just just awful, awful thing. And uh, Mitrioni, oh my, God. you know, told everyone to donate and this and that, and you know, he seems like a real sweet guy, Matt Mitrione. He's so, a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who looked great was Vaughn Lee. Vaughn Lee beat my buddy Nam Fan, which uh, Nam Fan I think is, might be on the verge of getting cut, which which sucks. Yikes! Because he's mm-hmm. I think he's like two and seven in his last nine fights or something in the UFC. It's not a not great, but he's always in exciting fights. He's always tough. Uh, and then the the guys who won the Ultimate Fighter, it was two guys. It wasn't a great fight, um, but it, you know it was the a, finale wasn't wasn't a great wasn't fight. a great finale, and it was two guys. I had no idea who they were because mm-hmm. I didn't watch Ultimate Fighter China, but it wasn't a bad fight. <laughs> And then uh, Hioki beat uh, Ivan Menjivar. So that's what happened. Uh, it, was pretty, it was a pretty... I, I enjoyed the card. It is, it is hard to watch at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... The, you know, I, I wrote a joke. The best part about it is that everyone's going to look on their Twitter feed first thing and be like, wow, what an imp- impressive dong. You know, so I thought that was... <laughs> I was happy about that. And how then you, someone... Then someone you, well, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say, how do you think uh, dong's going to do, like, against the, the, the upper echelon in the division? Uh, I don't know. I think... You know, Hathaway looked great against um, Diego Sanchez. He was the guy that beat Diego Sanchez, correct? Didn't Hathaway beat Diego? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he was like, well, I think his record's really impressive. But sometimes when you, you know, I don't know He's saying, been out for a little while, too, though. He's been out for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Dong, I thought, looked terrible <laughs> against Eric Silva. Uh, Eric, I think he just kind of got lucky with that. That uppercut I think he knocked out Silva with. Or, you know, he was losing. He was getting dominated by Eric Silva. And... So I don't know, but he, it looks like he made some a lot of improvements. He mm-hmm. definitely had the hometown advantage. I mean, even though the Dong is uh, Korean and, and it was in China, they, they still you know, were going crazy. Yeah, same thing, right, Adam? No, not the same thing. I'm just saying that the, the crowd was definitely... Well, you know, they're all Chinese. They just put them in different places. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, Andrew, Andrew Dice T-Rex. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so that was that. Uh, Bellator uh, was the night before. Did you guys watch that? As a matter of fact, I did not. Thank you. This is a great MMA podcast <laughs> where the, the host doesn't... Uh, so anyway, King Mo and Rampage are now in the finals, which we kind of knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We figured that was going to happen. Rampage won by knockout and then uh, and then stood over the guy and was like, you got knocked out, um, which, you know, it's Rampage. It's just, that's just what he, that's what he does. Right. Uh, but King Mo won a decision that was, uh, you know, kind of boring, boring mm-hmm. three-round decision. Uh, but I also think that King Mo needed a win. And mm. so, and it looked like he almost even got hurt in the beginning, uh, but they had a, a fake scuffle at the end. It wasn't 
it was allegedly it was like real. A WWE scuffle. All of a sudden, sure. after after Rampage wins, King Mo just ends up in the cage somehow. Oh, weird. And then uh, was and Dixie then, Carter there by any chance? Dixie Carter, no, but uh, Big John was breaking it up. But it looked like Rampage knew it was fake, but King Mo didn't because he was really cursing, and you could sort of see the cursing on. And some people say it was real. <clears throat> I don't know if it was real or fake. Uh, it seemed about as real as you know. Belfort's testosterone, but um, <laughs> it is what I, it that's is. That's going to be, I mean, I'm excited about that fight. You know, I, 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 they, they've had beef in the past, too. You yeah. know, and I remember when Mo would call him Bum Page and, you know, they used to get into it. So I think that, you know, th- th- that's going to be an exciting one to, you know, Rampage is getting a little bit older. Mo's, you know, it, it should be a good fight. I think Mo wins this fight. Uh, based on the fights, if you, if you, I mean, definitely Rampage looked more impressive in the, the fight against King Mo, uh, but I think King Mo wins this fight. And I, th- I think also sometimes guys need mm-hmm. to win but win ugly. Like when your fight against Jay Haran, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think that was your most impressive performance, yeah. but it was after you had lost to Campman mm-hmm. and uh, you've been stopped by Campman and you sort of needed it to get a win, correct? Yeah, no, and it's really, even if for that, you know, that, specific, that fight specifically, you know, a lot of people don't know who Jay Haran is. And it's like, well, I know who he is. You know, the true MMA fans know who he is, and it, he's a dangerous guy. So, you know, there, there is a point where there's, you know, the risk versus reward. And, you and Haran be, beat you the first time. Yeah, my, he was my first loss. I was 13-0, and, and and he beat me in the wow. IFL. And, uh, you know, but I know he, he's a whole different fighter now, and, and so am I. But, you know, you got to... You got to do what it takes to win. That's what I think, and that's the problem with MMA is like there's no real tune-up fights. I mean, they like I know like, like like you know sometimes they they just throw you to the wolves. Yeah, sometimes that they yeah they kind of do. I mean, there are guys sometimes, but so that's uh, that's the Bellator. And you know what? People were criticizing the whole wrestling element of it, saying this is like so fake and this is TNA wrestling and this and that. But you know what? So it was entertaining to me. Look, I, I don't mind seeing a scuffle at the end. <laughs> Honestly, it was entertaining. It was entertaining what, what going on Twitter and seeing everyone get angry about it. And it's like, so what? They got to build it up somehow. And uh, so that's, that's what happened. Uh, Matt Riddle won his fight in um, Titan. I think it was Titan FC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Riddle won. Uh, and, uh, Against a bong. Against the bong. He, afterwards, he called out his drug dealer. But so, yeah, Matt Riddle won, and uh, George Grigel got destroyed by Mike Ricci. That oh, was no. I really? didn't see that one. That was, that was rough oh, to watch no. because, um, you know, Grigel was, was I, you know, a friend of the show. Yeah, Grigel's a great guy. I like Grigel. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, he said he was going to, you know, d- destroy Mike Ricci. He went out there, he went in for a double. Ricci took him down and landed some elbows. And if you look at the picture of Grigel, it's like you talk about a wizard sleeve. I mean, it is. It looks like the biggest vagina I have ever seen on his face. The forehead vagina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see if you can bring it up, DJ. But wow. Is that a real term? Um, yeah. Forehead vagina. <laughs> yeah. I mean, War Machine tried to bang it. That, that's how bad. <laughs> oh no, my god. So it, it, it was. It was. It was rough. Did he go three rounds? No, it went one round. One round. And, uh, you know. Referee stoppage. Was it doctor stoppage or the ref stopped it? I think the ref stopped it, but afterwards it was like, whoa, vicious elbows. Re- mm-hmm. Best Ricci's mm-hmm. looked. You know, uh, Mike Ricci. <laughs> the the worst know. Grigel's look. Yeah, it was, it was sort of the worst of Grigel's look. And you kind of have to wonder, like, man, you know, you don't want to see a guy take take beatings like this. And, and yeah. you know, George Grigel is, is is a great fighter, is a great jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he, he's made it. He's a top level. He, he has made it to the top. And, and a fantastic coach, too. Fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, when I say made it to the top, I think, you know, I think Grigel was in the UFC, correct? Yeah, for quite yeah, a while. Quite, quite, yeah, quite mm-hmm. a while in the mm-hmm. UFC. And, uh, 
you know, he was he was in strike force. When I say made it, made it to the top, I mean make it to the top at that level. Anybody mm. who makes it to the UFC to me is like beyond success. Making it to Titan FC is a success. Mm. Making it to Legacy, making it to making it to the King of the Cage is a success. You know, so I, I mean, I have I have so much respect. You know, I think. Today, the UFC today is so much different than it was six years ago. You know what I mean? Like the level of competition. It's like it, it, that's why you see, you know, people make the UFC. It's like it's it's way different than it was ten years ago, even even five years ago. You know, so like I grew up when Matt Hughes was a champ, and he was like, oh, that's yeah. Matt Hughes. You know what I mean? And now it's like everybody is good, a good wrestler. Everyone's good everywhere. Yeah, so. that's right. And but back in the day, every you know. Yeah, if you look, that's Grizzell's oh eye. God. We just showed a picture. DJ just showed a picture of it. But, you know, now you got every, almost every four-time, you know, uh, college All-American is going into the UFC, uh, All-American wrestler. You got all these great guys, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Steve Mako lost over the weekend in the World Series really? of Fighting Canada, which I hung out with Mako one night. Uh, Steve Mako, if you don't know, was a two-time national champion a four-time prep school national champion in high school, wrestled for Iowa, then wrestled for Oklahoma State, Olympian, Olympian heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard it was a bullshit decision. I had not seen. But even if I heard, I heard, I heard he, he really won, but he didn't get it, but it was close. But it just shows the high level of mixed martial arts where Steve Mako lost in the World Series of Fighting Canada. Mm-hmm. And Steve Mako, I mean, that in wrestling circles, you say Steve Mako. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people don't realize how high level that uh, a guy like Steve Mako is. Like, mm, he he's, he's super, like super mean too. If you if you ever watch him wrestle, like you know, national champion and a few time world team member, Olympian, like the guy is a mean dude. Like I used to hear stories. One of my buddies wrestled at Iowa, and when he was at Iowa, and they he, he would tell me some of the the craziest stories of this guy. Like he would you know get in fights out at the bar and just like I got a funny Steve Mako story. So I I did a college. At Oklahoma State University, and I basically got like banned from the. I don't know. I did like a sorority house, which went great, and then I and then and then I went to like it was like casino night or something, and no one was listening, and I'm on like a chair doing comedy, and I'm telling everyone how you know they're not going to get laid because they're playing casino night. So that night I go out and I'm kind of depressed. I go to a bar by myself, and I see these guys with like huge cauliflower ears, and I'm like, wait, I think. I, and then it's, it's Zach Esposito. And Steve Mako and all these guys, and that's when I when I saw Johnny Hendricks, and all these guys were there from Oklahoma State wrestling team, and I'm like, hey, blah, blah. and then I'm telling them about comedy, and they're like, oh shit, so they take me back to they're living in a trailer. Steve Mako is living in a trailer, and they take me out that night to go get drunk with them, and I'm hanging out with all the wrestlers, and I see Johnny Hendricks with his shirt off running around, and. <laughs> Zach Esposito, Zach Esposito loved Jim Norton. He was a big Opie and Anthony fan. And I had Jim Norton's number in my, in my phone. He's like, I love Jim Norton. And I called Jim Norton. I'm like, hey, I got a fan here. And Jim was super nice, blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, the, the, Steve Mako, I remember watching on ESPN the, this whole thing about they followed the, the Iowa wrestling team. And Steve Mako was on the wrestling team. And his father went to jail for like... Embezzlement. It seemed like it was like a, some kind of connected guy. Racketeering. Some racketeering. <laughs> and then, right? And it talks Fencing. about it talks about his dad getting out of jail and one of those things. So then I didn't know that Mako transferred to Oklahoma State. Because then I, I'm hanging out with Mako and Zach Caspito and all these guys. I'm like, hey, whatever happened to that guy that Iowa who's that heavyweight whose father went to jail? And Mako was like, That's me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> 
and they all started dying laughing. I'm like, oh shit, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't know you transferred here. You know. I think you didn't talk shit about it. Like, no, I was just. What happened to that loser that used to go to Iowa State? His dad went to jail. No, no, I was actually curious, but that right. was actually him. So that's a funny, weird note. So anyway, we have a great show today. We have Rowdy Beck Rawlings. So uh, I'm, I'm stoked to talk to her. We also have T.J. Dillashaw, who's on uh, quite a tear. Yeah, yeah. We have UFC former UFC heavyweight champion uh, legend Kevin Randleman, the monster. The monster is going to be on the show, and <laughs> current UFC uh, fighter heavyweight badass Soa the Hulk Palele. is going to join us, and I cannot wait. Alright, so our first guest I am thrilled to have on. She is uh, just a little badass, adorable, slash hot, slash exciting fighter, uh, tatted up. Just a, just a, she's on the new season of Ultimate Fighter. I can't wait to watch her. She was actually voted 2012 WMMA uh, most liked fighter out there. I'm getting the whole award wrong, but, but she's, she's a badass little chick, and I cannot wait to talk to her. Rowdy Beck Hyatt, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show. Um, I've been a fan for a while. Uh, I actually, you know, I, I, I know Carla Esparza, and I um, personally, I'm friends with Carla, and I became a fan of yours ever since the, the, uh, the uh, Carla fight. And... Um, you're just like this little fire plug. How how's everything going? How's your life changing? Talk to me. <laughs> that was a good fight. I was gonna say you came became a fan after I punched your friend in the face. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything's going really good. You know, I'm just getting ready for the Ultimate Fighter. Um, everything just seems to be falling into place. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you uh, by the way, you're also on with uh, T Rex and Jake Ellenberg. How are you? And, uh, hey, I'm good. And DJ nice. Shrobe. Uh, now, now I, I watched your uh, highlight film. You got you have really good stand up. Uh, let's 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 get uh, start from the, the uh, beginning. You were born in Tasmania, correct? Yes. Which is the smallest city in Australia? Is, is that is that right? Uh, yeah. Some people even like try to say it's not even Australia. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, it's funny because you look like a little Tasmanian devil. So it's funny that you're actually from <laughs> Tasmania. I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, and then you, you played basketball as a kid. I, I was reading about you. You, you said you, you gained a lot of weight when you were younger. You were kind of a, a fat teenager or something. Are you very insecure because of that? Uh, yeah, I once I got really sick when I was younger and, um, I couldn't play basketball anymore and, I just pretty much just fell into the wrong crowd and just started drinking and partying and eating McDonald's every day and it just, you know, caught up with me eventually and I was very overweight. I like how sounds old, like my life. Yeah, that sounds like T Rex <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> I mean how 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 overweight were you? Um, oh wow. In kilos, like the last time I weighed myself I was about seventy kilos. Which is how many pounds? Um, about hundred and fifty pounds, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere about there. And you're like five two or five three, right? You're just kind of small. I uh, know I'm five six. No, you're five. You're five six, one fifty. So you're, you're like Jake Allenberger, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much, pretty uh, much. So you're, you're... Yeah, but I'm I'm very I was very fat, like round and chubby. Like there was nothing. There was no muscle mass or anything. I was just a big. I call myself a baby elephant. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so so you're this little baby elephant, and, and you're and you're you're roaming around Tasmania. So when does uh when 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 does it occur to you? I gotta start fighting. I gotta start training. How 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 old were you? 
Uh, I was 21. Wow. So you, um, you walked yeah. into a class? Yeah, I found a class that was doing kickboxing, like cardio kickboxing, and I just tried it out, and then I figured out I was pretty good at punching people. Hmm. <laughs> now, you have very good... You're, you're, uh, you have... I was watching some of your highlight films. You have... Uh, uh, you have some power. Uh, you know, I've, what's that called when you, like you don't think someone has power, but they have uh, they have unconventional power. What's that word? I don't know. You have like surprising power, basically. Like, yeah. I mean, you definitely yeah, for throw weight, I guess, because I'm so little, people don't expect me to hit so hard. Yeah, you pack a wallop. Uh, you definitely, you definitely do. Um, but now, was having no wrestling and no jujitsu? Do you think that really hurt you starting out? Uh. Yeah, like I guess striking is my strength or was my strength uh, because I couldn't grapple or wrestle for a bit because uh, I actually fell pregnant with my youngest son as I like started training MMA. So I really just focused on striking while I could. Um, but yeah, I guess it's that was my weakness and it, and it shows once I got to, you know, Invicta and, and fought Carla that my wrestling just wasn't up to scratch. So which I've been working on now. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, you learn, you learn more from your losses. So, yeah, I've definitely been working on the wrestling. And I feel like my BJJ kept me safe in that fight, though. Uh, it was just my wrestling that lost it. No, I don't know. I mean, look, I've, I started wrestling when I was 10, and that's a late start. Jake started in college, which is insane. <laughs> but, you know, most guys start wrestling when they're five years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven years old. So for a girl to come 21 years old, just joining a, a kickboxing class and now is in the UFC uh, with no amateur wrestling experience. She has, says a lot about you, Carla. Dreams do come true. Rowdy Beck. Um, you, yeah, you, you, you really... Uh, Shows that determination too, you know, because a lot of the you trial by error, you know, you have some failures, but uh, it really shows that determination. Yeah, it says a lot about you. And, and you're, now your first fight I watched, you got knocked... I mean, you got knocked out hard. I was waiting for the I guy got from... knocked the fuck out. Yeah, you got... <laughs> I, I was waiting for the guy from Friday, Chris Tucker, to come out. <laughs> Damn! Holy <laughs> shit. You got knocked the f- out. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I mean, after that happens, are, are you considering, like, all right, you know what, this made me this not for me? Oh, hell no. Uh, a lot of people, you know, said, oh, you'll never come back from that. That was horrible, you know. A girl will never come back from a knockout like that. And I pretty much just stuck up my middle fingers. I'm like, watch me. Watch me come back. And I came back yes. and won, I think, five fights in a row. You know, it just kind of made me more determined. I like proving people wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, holy shit. I watched that and I was like, I mean, you're, I don't know if you guys want to, like, her, 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 like, body went stiff. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> you got mannequined? Now the worst, and one of the worst part was that your husband at the time, who who was who was choking you out, beating you up, spitting on you, he was he was your trainer, and he walked right past you and congratulated your opponent. Yeah, uh, um, obviously I didn't know because I was unconscious at the time. But once I watched the footage, and you know I had my brother that was in the stand, and um, he'd heard, you know, I we. I kept it a secret. Not very many people knew that it was going on, but he'd heard the rumors. And when he saw that, he wanted to, you know, jump the cage and just start beating the life out of him. Uh, but yeah, I didn't didn't know until I'd watched the footage and and people had told me. So it kind of just shows what kind of person he is. Really, I don't really have to explain anything more. If you just watch that footage, it kind of shows it. No, I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, that was unbelievable. Uh, and I, I really felt bad for you. I felt bad that you were in that situation because uh, you seem like such a 
such a, a uh, warm and hot little girl. Uh, besides being hot, you seem very, very, very sweet yeah. and cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, you are very, but but you definitely are kind of an, an intimidating girl. Like if I saw you on the street, or I, first of all, I would, I would assume that you wouldn't go for a guy like me, being that I don't have piercings or tattoos, or I'm not I'm not ripped. Do you? Do but you? You're own, funny. <laughs> you're funny. I, I'm, I'm I am funny, but that that would, I, it would no. Are you a kind of girl that goes for that like bad boy fighter rocker kind of guy? Uh, I'm dating a fighter at the moment, but he doesn't have any any tattoos, piercings or anything. So, no, that's not really my style. I don't really like the rocker style. Uh, I, lots of people think I'm, like, into punk and stuff, punk rock, and I'm not. You're not. <laughs> it kind of confuses me. <laughs> yeah, well, this, I think it's because of the tattoo on the neck. Uh, that would sort of uh, give it away. What kind, Now, this fighter guy now, he's, he's, he's good to you, right? He's, he's, he's not putting his hands on you? He's treating you right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good. Yeah, no, that really, I was like, holy shit. Now, after, no, by the way, has that guy contacted you since you uh, came out and talked about all this? Oh, daily emails. Like, I change my email and he'll still get it somehow and just, you know, bombard me with all these rants. <laughs> it's, it's quite emotionally draining still. So why hasn't anybody taken, uh, taken action against this dude, like, to shut him up? Some legal action? Or, or physical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, physical would be nice. Um, I have a de- like a domestic violence order in place, but um, in order to get like a restraining order in Australia, they have to know where you live to be able to keep them away from you. So I'm kind of I don't feel right giving him my address and be like, hey, you know, <laughs> come check me out, come kill me, <laughs> you it's, know. So I, I gotta say, um, this is this is this is a hard interview because normally when we have girls on the show, I ask them if they're crazy in bed or what kind of what kind of guys they like. <laughs> but I, I, I like don't want to like uh, you know I, I like feel bad about everything that's happened. So I, I'm I'm just but if you want to volunteer any information about how crazy you are in bed. <laughs> Put the ball in your court. Yeah, yeah. Just feel free. No, just feel free that I would totally be open to hearing anything about your crazy sexual escapades. But he's just not going to ask you. About I'm not going to ask you, but feel free You're to. Not going to ask me. Yes, but feel free to let us know anything that that you would think would what we would want to hear. <laughs> All right. So um, now, are you excited to go on to Ultimate Fighter? Now, uh, do you have any 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 beef with Felice or Carla or any of these girls? Uh, no, I actually, I like most of them. There's probably one, I wouldn't call it beef, but we don't really get along. I just don't really like her much. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> That's Joanne Calderwood. Oh, nice. Nice. I like the way that she didn't yeah. even hold back. Like, oh, I'm going to save it for the show. Now, why don't you like Joanne? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we were originally meant to fight um, before I took the fight with Carla. Um, and she made some little, you know, comments saying it was going to be an early night for Carla and just a few little things like that, pretty much just saying I'm a shit fighter. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then her, I think it's her fiancé, I'm not really sure, James Doolan, it's her coach, fiancé, I don't know what, um, gets on the UK forums all the time mouthing off about me. I think once he called me a dog or something. <laughs> a, a dog? Yeah, he called me a dog. It was like when my name was Hyatt, it was like, Beck Hyatt's a dog. I'm like, that's, that's nice. It's not even an insult. I, I like love dogs. It's like a British insult. Oh, is that a British I know, insult? I love doggy style. Yes, doggy <laughs> styles. Exactly. Hey, dog style. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Joanne, so what, what's going to happen when you see Joanne Calderwood? Are you, you going mm. to get in her face? Are you just going to ignore her? What's your, what's your strategy for this? 
Uh, I'm a bit of a tormentor. I might just torment and see where that goes. Nice. <laughs> just poke poke the line a little bit. <laughs> nice. What do you mean you're a bit of a tormentor? How do, please <laughs> elaborate on this. <laughs> I do, I'm just a shit stirrer. <laughs> Especially if people don't like me, I'll just, you know, <laughs> annoy people until they say something. <laughs> but, like, how? I mean, how I, you seem like such a... How do you annoy these people? Um, I don't know. I'm just a bit obnoxious, just <laughs> loud and obnoxious, really, in people's faces, and I'll just say stupid things, like obviously dumb things, and I know it's dumb, and I'm just saying it just to annoy people. <laughs> you should tell her when you, when you guys get to the house that I wouldn't go to sleep if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> you share rooms, right? Or sleep with one eye open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get a room with her. Yeah, be her bunkmate. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I could listen to her for six weeks. I reckon that'll just get me on, get on my nerves enough. Isn't she ranked number one, like one of the number one ranked girls? She's pretty high up there, right? She's she is high up. Yeah, I think she's number four or three. I'm not really sure. She's pretty high up though. Yeah, she's yeah. Rankings don't mean nothing. Rankings exactly. Thanks, Jake. I That's like that. <laughs> she's number four right now. Now I remember. Uh, I remember that when uh, I, I heard a rumor that when War Machine tried to pick you up, he sent you his porno. Uh, <laughs> what? Really? Is that true? Yeah, he actually tweeted the link out like publicly, like, hey, check me out. Have you seen my work? <laughs> oh, my God. Was it impressive? Yeah, don't act <laughs> like you didn't watch it. Don't act like you didn't watch it. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let her, hold on. Let her answer. Wait, wait what, what? Was it impressive? <laughs> I didn't watch it. It scared yeah, me. It right. Sick. It scared you? No, I heard you did watch it. That's not true. I, I remember following you on Twitter and you said you did watch it and then you had a, you put smiley face. No, I clicked on it. I clicked on it and then realized what it was and then got out of it. <laughs> oh, come on. Because I know he I know there's another girl uh, that he uh, he picked up uh, named Rachel who told me that he said he, he DM'd her his porn and said this could be you. And it actually worked for him. He actually ended up sleeping with her. Really? He, yes. Uh, wow. So I was wondering. Beck was like, I didn't know he was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that I'm Asian. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're Chinese. Ellenberg is part Chinese. So, okay. So you, War Machine says, they, check out my porn. You click on it. You, you, as soon as he starts having sex, you're like, I'm not watching this anymore? Yeah, pretty much. I think mm-hmm. my kids might have been in the room at the hey. time. <laughs> Got you. Now, I think you're going to be the first girl in the UFC who has two kids. You're the first person. I know that uh, Sarah McMahon has had one kid, but you're the, you're the first Australian girl ever going to be in the UFC and the first girl with two kids. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, hey, I didn't even think of that. I knew I was one of the first Australians, but not, um, <laughs> not with two kids. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool that you have two kids and then became a fighter after having two kids. That's, uh, that's, uh, now, um, Beck, do you surf? No, I, I don't know how to surf. I suck at it. <laughs> yeah. I've tried when I was younger and I just failed. Every because every day. Australian can surf, right? Well, Jay? no, I'm just, <laughs> my, you know, Sonny, I was asking him where is his favorite place to surf, Australia. So. Yeah, they so all have boomerangs. He's also surf. not allowed to yeah. go there. And yeah. He's also not allowed to go. They like shrimp on the barbie. Barbie, and yeah, they, no, drink, they drink uh, Foster's. Yeah. So, come on. Did you just say can't... shrimp on the barbie? I didn't. It was our uh, DJ, DJ Breathe a lot. He, um, <laughs> he did. So, all right, so you're dating a fighter now. How, how long has it, has it been with you and this fighter? Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, about six months, I think. Is it serious? Yeah. I mean, what do, what do you think? 
um, yeah, like it's not like too serious. Like we're not talking about marriage or anything, but it's going really well. Like he's like my best friend. So we just like that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you're more of a, uh, a girl that you, that you would uh, have become a friend with. Like you're not, you don't sound like a one night stand type chick. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Mm. <laughs> I'm kind of like, it, like when I'm around guys, I'm kind of just like another guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that annoying little nagging girl. They don't even know that I'm there. If you know what I mean. Right. So you're not high maintenance. You're very down no. to earth, and and but that is maybe that's why you have so many boyfriends. Like guys are just waiting to s- snatch you up, and you know, you're not, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> available for me. <laughs> To, uh, would you ever date a comic? If say, like, say this doesn't work out with you and this this guy, and uh, you know, you see this comedian who makes you laugh, but you know, would you ever date a guy that you can beat up? <laughs> Is this guy you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm just hypothetically yeah, speaking. hypothetically speaking. Because <laughs> a lot of no, a lot of the female fighters on our show have said they would never date a guy that they couldn't kick their ass. They, they say they. Uh, yeah, I, I heard Felice say that. I, I listened to your last podcast. Um. It's never really crossed my mind. I, I don't think it would phase me either way. As long as they're nice and they treat me well, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me. <laughs> it's funny. Well, yeah, that's good. Well, it's funny because this, this girl actually. I went to wrestling over the weekend with uh, Tyson Griffin, and then this girl has always asked me to go, and I was like going with her, and I'm you know I'm bigger than I was. I've wrestled, and then afterwards she like liked me. Like, she's like she'd never hit on me before, and then afterwards she's like, "What are you doing later? You want to hook up?" And I'm like. I'm like, yeah, me, wow, it took me wrestling with you to, like, get you to let me. I'm not sure that was the thing, but it's just, <laughs> maybe that's just, like, a, a caveman type maybe with female fighters. A five-pointer. headlock or something. Yeah, headlock, right. Now, do you, I mean, <laughs> but then there are other girls that never date guys at the gym. They have a rule. They're not going to date a guy at the gym. Uh, Jake Ellenberger is one of these, right? You say you don't date girls at the gym? I will not. But, but it seems like your last two boyfriends have been from the gym. Now, uh, how... You're not talking about my last Jake two boyfriends. Right no, no, I'm talking, okay. I don't know, I'm talking about Rowdy oh, okay. Beck. Okay. No, Rowdy Beck's, Rowdy Beck's last two boyfriends have been from the gym, correct? They weren't. Yeah, my boyfriends weren't at the gym either. They were 24. So yes, we're good. No, no, yeah. no. Okay, all right, forget this. All right, so Rowdy Beck. I'm joking. I'm joking. Rowdy Beck. So Jake hasn't been laid in over a year, according to Jake. Uh, he, he, I didn't say that. Okay, we've been coming and doing this show for four months in a row. Mm-hmm. Every 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 time Jake has not. Do you have any advice on how to get Jake laid, Rowdy Beck? Uh, lower your standards, Jake. <laughs> lower my standards. Okay. <laughs> you think his standards are like too high? Is that what it is? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what what type of girl do you go after? Mm. Or do they have to come after you? No, no. Uh, hmm. Athletic. They have to work out. That's that's a must. Um. You're very deep. I, yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I know. I don't really have, like, a set type of girl, I guess. I don't know. This is a, a, a riveting conversation yeah, right here. This I know. Is, this is I know. unbelievable. Groundbreaking. Wow, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> okay, so when are you coming to the U.S., Roddy Beck? Uh, I have to come over in April for a media-type week thing, <laughs> uh, take photos and do all that tough promotion stuff. So I think, I'm, I think it's going to be in Vegas, which is going to be fun because I've never been there. Nice. Now, how's the how's the training over in in uh, Australia? As far as like women, I know a lot of times uh, you had to fight up a weight class when you when you started, and then you said some of the girls that you fought weren't really at, up to your level. Uh, how's the sparring over there? 
the, the it's getting better. Like there's a lot of more there's a lot more girls now that have gotten into the sport and like crossed over from other sports like you know BJJ or um, kickboxing. So it has actually picked up. Um, now there's a lot more girls <laughs> in my weight now that I don't need to fight them. <laughs> But uh, it's it's still slow. Like it's nowhere near, you know, the state of America and um, the promotions and the the quality yet. But um, we're starting to get, you know, a good team going at my at Gamebred, and we've got Sean Fru coming over from Japan to, you know, come on board as head coach, which I'm really excited about. So hopefully, I won't have to come over to the states for a camp. I can just keep it in Australia. Yeah, but it seems like are you the best in your gym? Oh, no, no. Like, I train with all the guys as well, and the guys always, always kick my ass. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I've got, a, I've got a few good training partners. Claire Fryer that um, fights in Australia at the moment, she might be trying out for the ultimate fighter. She's really good, and um, we go back and forth. And I've got a, um, a boxer, a girl that's trying out for the Olympics as well that's at my weight. So I'm getting a good team together, and they're all kicking my ass, so it's good. <laughs> gotcha. Now, how often do girls think you're a lesbian? <laughs> I get it a lot. I get a lot of guys that call me a dyke and stuff, like on YouTube videos. I love the accent. A dyke? <laughs> they call me a dyke. Really? So, because it seems, I mean, it does seem like oh, the, with the haircut and the tattoos that I could see how guys might think or women might think that you are into girls. Uh, but you're not? You've never been into girls? No, I'm not. <laughs> My sister's a lesbian, if that counts. Oh, nice. nice. What does she look like? <laughs> she looks like me, kind of, with long hair. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, all right, well, that's very interesting. She looks like you in a wig. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I guess. But you always knew that you were into dicks. I mean, you always knew <laughs> She's that, strictly like, dickly. that you were, that that was your thing. Strictly <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> this has been an awkward... Can I just but- your fantasy of... Um, lesbian orgy or something yes no you've all right first of all listen <laughs> listen I, I i think you're adorable uh if you were single i would completely hit on you uh you're definitely the kind of girl i, I would i would strike out with uh and um <laughs> and you know you're 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 just a badass girl i give you a lot of credit honestly from from where you came from to to growing up with you know to being overweight to starting fighting after two kids to have to raise two kids on your own to have your ex scumbag boyfriend beat you up and spit on you and all these horrible things, and then to talk about it and be open about it, and to make the ultimate fighter to so where you are, I give you a ton of credit, a ton of respect, and uh, honestly, and I, I'm proud that, to even to, to even have you on the show and to even you know say that I even uh, know you. So, oh, thank you. I, I love coming on here. It's yeah. fun. I always listen to your podcast, so. I knew it would be a good one. I didn't know if you were going to start asking about sex and stuff. So. Well, I would, honestly, what? I like was, but after reading that like horrible, <laughs> no, horrific thing, I, I just, I just sort of didn't want to. I don't know. I, I didn't want to, you know, make it make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I didn't read it, so I can I ask her? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm saying, but if you ever want to come here and talk about how horny you are, let me know because this is a. <laughs> This is a great outlet for you to talk about. And and if you ever break up with this guy, please call us because uh, (laughs) maybe we'll have the dating game, us three and you. We'll we'll see. Which I I know that you know that T Rex is married, and and, you know Jake. Jake's asexual. Jake's asexual. The the asexual at juggernaut. But so. (laughs) 
But <laughs> but thank you and good luck with everything and uh, keep up your journey because it's uh it's 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 been very inspiring so far. Thank you. I will. Good luck, Beck. Thank yeah, thanks, you. Beck. All right, thanks sweetie. Thanks for coming on. See ya. Bye. Okay. What a cutie. Yeah, that was. She's adorable, right? I think yeah. she was expecting something like more, maybe deeper sexual. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know yeah. Expecting. Do you think we let her down? <laughs> no, I think she was. You know. I think she'll respect us more for that. The fact that we didn't go there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's, it's you know. No, she's got a crazy story. You know what I mean? The things she's been through and, and uh, yeah, where she's at now. That's that's huge. Well, she just wrote the blog last year about. It was on like like women's you know. Outreach. It was like some some very like it was just kind of it really made me sad. I don't know not to not that I'm feeling bad for her, but like you know someone like Felice Herrig, you, you know it just seems a little more uppity up and about that. But I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not trying to. Uh, she 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 probably is. So she has a boyfriend too. It's like I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's, you know whether her kids are uh, male or female. You don't want to offend her boyfriend or nothing. I don't know. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I, I'm trying to make an interesting interview. What do you want me to say? It's, I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I she's. What, she what are we talking like about? A, an interesting. I'm looking forward to watching her fight. I think. I think that she should be in the U.S. Though, uh, having a, tra- a training camp in the U.S. I just. That's honestly. I think that would help her out because I know she's. It's hard because she has two kids and a family out mm-hmm. in Australia, but I think that. It just seems like the best women fighters are from the U.S. or Brazil, uh, but especially the U.S. You look at the top five girls, right? You have Ronda Rousey. Uh, well, Cyborg is from Brazil. Uh, Sarah McMahon. Is I thought you from, said women. <laughs> yeah, women. Uh, Sarah McMahon. Uh, who, who's number four? Uh, Kat Zingano. Zingano. Mm-hmm. Misha would be number five, right? Maybe. Alexis Davis is from England. Um, but uh, and then no, Alexis Davis from Canada. Oh, from Canada, Alexis Davis from Canada, Sarah Kaufman, uh, Jessica I, mm-hmm. Jessica Penn. I mean, they're they're all from the the U.S. It seems like so mm-hmm. it would just seem like right now. I know she trains with the men in Australia, and obviously that's got to help, you know. But it just seems as far as as far as women training partners go, being in the U.S. would help her out. That's what I. That's the one thing that I would, you know, tell. No, her. absolutely. I mean, you isn't know? that even true for men though? Too like the. Mm-hmm. Well, you, I mean, you could tell even last week when uh, the, the guy from, from uh, Ireland kind of got offended about the wrestling comment. It's like, well, we're not trying to offend you here. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, even in Brazil, it's it's like there's just more more outlets here to, for, for places to train. You know, they, there's college wrestling, you know, in, in universities and stuff. There's I feel like there's just more more opportunity. Well, is that why Lyoto and um, Anderson, they all train here in Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most share. part, yeah. I, I know well, what that she did. the bitches. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think we should have been? I think we should have been more. I think that was a good interview. You're still thinking about that? I don't know. You think I should have delved deeper? I'm trying to. No, I don't know. It was good. I mean, yeah, what, do you, think... what do you want me to say? Hey, Beck, I heard. Are you are you good at deep throating? I mean, what, what do you want me to? Let's let the fans say? decide. But, have them tweet you and say if they no, liked it or not. Yeah, what we I, mean, I can't because uh, you know what? I can't listen. Look, I, <laughs> I, I, I like the fans, but but when I do this, I get half the fans and say, "Dude, I love your women interviews. Holy shit, best interview ever!" And then I go. Dude, you went too far with the girl with the, uh, what's your name? With the, the on it girl. Uh, uh, yeah. Whitney? Whitney. Whitney, yeah, yeah. It was uncomfortable. Other people say that was the best thing ever. I mean, so I can't well, necessarily we, listen to we, the fans. We broke you know? her in. We broke her cherry for the show pretty, you know, easily. So she'll come on less guarded next time, and then we'll bombard yeah. her. We'll just, like, destroy Who, Rowdy Beck Hyatt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No longer Hyatt. Oh, Rowdy Beck Rawlings. Yes. 
You know, I mean, look, there's a part of me that does like the whole Howard Stern element and this and that, but I like it when the fighters take me there, kind of, mm -hmm. or when I'll ask a question, like, for example, the Anthony mm -hmm. Johnson thing, and I ask him, what kind of girls you like? And he, he says, well, black vagina doesn't look healthy. I mean, like, that, that <laughs> to me, that I'd rather go there than to go, hey, I you know, so what do you think of black vaginas? I'm not going to, like, lead with that, right. you know? I'd you, rather... You do you, Adam. Yeah, exactly. But I like Beck. But I do have to admit that... Reading that article about her getting the crap eaten out of her, if that if I hadn't read that, maybe I'd be a little, maybe it would be less. Well, I mean, gloomy. you're going with your gut feeling. That's how. I mean, you went it went the way. Yeah, but I don't want to treat people differently because they've been beat up either. So there, 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 there's the other side to it of like, well, maybe maybe she wants uh, to have this like fun talk about sex. So uh, you know, there's a lot going through my head, and uh, I try to do the best I can. No, it, you know, it, you're doing great. It, it was very it was very hard for me to bite my tongue when you said, "Would you ever date a guy that you could beat?" up and she probably is looking forward to that <laughs> so. yes yeah you should, you should have said that don't bite your tongue it's different when you say it because you're black too so you get a honestly, right, I have 400 years you get away with a lot more than I can say so just so you know all right so our next guest has been on a tear as of late uh, he's won his last five out of six. I thought he actually beat Asensio. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, just Team Alpha Male, one of, one of my favorite people. He's a good human being, quite an American. TJ Dillashaw, how are you, man? Uh, doing good. How are you, man? Good. You're on with Jake Ellenberger and T-Rex. TJ. What up, man? What up? Hey, what's going on, guys? So you got a, you got a big fight coming up, uh, correct, against uh, Mazagaki? Yes, yes, yes. M Mitsugaki. Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah, yeah. Steve Mazzagatti? You're fighting Steve Mazzagatti. Yeah, I'm fighting the rest. So I might as well, might as well fight two people. Yeah. I'm going to run right through Can I corner you? Anyway, so. No, he's fighting uh, Takeya Muzagaki, right? Is, 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 yeah, that, that. Is that how you say it? So uh, what are you doing to get prepared? What's going on? How's, how's your camp going? Tell us. I'm uh, still pretty far out. You know, I just found out about it last week. So I'm still 12 weeks out. So I'm, I'm making sure to take it easy, but just kind of staying in shape. Um, right now, as we speak, I'm playing a little bit of golf, so <laughs> that, that's some uh, good preparation for the fight. But uh, nice. you know, maybe stick, sticking more to the um, to the technique parts of it, and then uh, a little bit more strength conditioning, making sure to stay in shape and staying strong, and you know, being ready, healthy. How's your How's your golf game? Uh, I swear, I was about to ask that same question. <laughs> Not that great. Man. Are you, are you I mean, Tiger I mean, Woods? A lot of work, a lot of work. Tiger Woods like, or like in the golf. woods? <laughs> yeah, in more in the woods. Have you, have you have you ever fallen in one of the golf holes? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got it a jacuzzi. No, yeah, no. Now you um, now you were at the uh, Uriah Faber against Burrell fight, right? Uh, you, you were there. No, I was not there. I was watching on TV. Oh no! What did you think of that stoppage? I was definitely early. You know, I mean, he got caught. Um, got caught clean. But Uriah is one of the most durable guys that I've known in the sport, and he shouldn't, especially for a title fight, he shouldn't have gotten more time to fight out of it. Um, um, you know, it's just, it's just rough. You know, tough. How, how did you feel when uh, Uriah was like, "Hey, man"? I mean, what a, what a great guy that he like loses the fight, which <laughs> controversial stoppage, and yeah. then, but then called, but then says it's okay because because T.J. Dillashaw is going to get the title back. That was, I mean, that must have felt yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it did. I mean, obviously it was a shitty night. It was like ended the horrible way, and then he was awesome on the mic. And then you know, getting the shout out from him, you know, made it a little bit better, even though he lost. Did it help? So, you know, did it, 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 it on a good note for me? Did it help get you any tail? 
<laughs> no, I'm engaged, man. Oh, you're engaged? You know, same tale, oh, same congratulations. Tale for the rest of my life, Congra- congratulations, man. How does that sound? The same tale for the rest of your life. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> T Rex is married, so he's coming. Yeah. How, how long have you been with this girl? Uh, nine years. Wow. Nine oh, years. Yeah, we've, lived, we've lived together for that long, too. So. so you've seen the same vagina for nine years? Yeah. Is there anything like do, do like does uh did like Ludwig help try to like change your position with it? I mean, did... <laughs> no, he, he's a, he's a family man as well. He's got a bunch, he's got three kids. He's been happily married for a long time. He's been with his girl since he's like seventeen, mm-hmm. so he's all for it. He thinks uh, anything consistent in my life is probably the best thing for me, and uh, you know it doesn't cause any drama. I don't have to go out looking for any chicks, and uh, you know. Now uh, I have to say though you're five foot six, so do, do, do uh, the guys call you Shaq in camp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only place I do feel tall is when I go back to the gym. Other than that, you know, I feel I feel, I feel rather small, but I go back to the gym, I feel huge. It's awesome. I, but, I, but, I hang out the gym. I, that's why I'm getting so good. I hang out the gym so much just so I can feel so tall. <laughs> I like love Team Alpha man. By the way, you guys are like the best sports fucking. Amazing, amazing dudes. I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, you're, you're wrestling, by the way. I was looking at your wrestling. In high, in high school, you were 170 and 33. Uh, you, yeah. t- you took second in the state uh, of California as a uh, senior. Mm-hmm. How close was that? Was, was, was that match? Did, did I mean, what was that like? Uh, yeah, I got beat by an uh, all-time like rival. A kid I had wrestled in high school all the time. I actually got beat by like five points, uh, so it was a pretty good beating. But... Uh, I uh, tore my knee in the semifinals match to, to go on to the finals. So I was like wrestling with it. Oh, Pretty much like a taped up knee brace on my leg. Uh, yeah, California's I was, uh, huge. I kind of competitive, but I kind of got my butt kicked at the same time. That makes any sense. No, I, th- I think too. What people don't realize is how big you know. Yeah, like the, the, just the California state tournament too. Like what what you got to do to qualify to get to the state tournament. So it's like it's so much bigger than other states. Yeah, I mean, we have only one state champ. You know, a lot of states have multiple state champs. So, like, a lot of states, our sections is like their state. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we got we got a place in our league, top three, and then top four in our subsections because we're a smaller school, and then top five in sections to be able to make it to state. And no, then yeah, you know, no, I was a champ. main state champ. It was me and, like, some, like, dog. It was just, I had to wrestle a dog, <laughs> and uh, I uh, lost the first three times, but... Um, <laughs> No, 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 you were, uh, no, but you know what I like about you though, TJ, is that things didn't, you know, you're a very successful guy, uh, but things didn't necessarily come easy for you. Uh, for example, no. as a freshman year, you were 14 and 16 in college, which is, I got yeah. I mean, you went from being second in the state of California to having a losing record. Uh, that, that summer you go to the, the uh, Ukraine to get better. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. Those kids, I mean, they're kids out there too, they're, 17-year-old kids that are built like men and just kicking everyone's ass. I mean, it's pretty impressive to see the way. But they were bred from uh, from being, you know, three years old to do what they're doing and to be in the in the wrestling environment and living at the Olympic Training Center 24-7, and that's all they do. You know, they don't go to school. They don't have jobs. You know, all they do is train. So they get good real quick. And you get, you get beat up on and kind of get humbled a little bit. And same with my freshman year in college, man. That was, you know, it was hard to get through, but... I came out of out of high school thinking I was the man, and then just got my ass kicked, and you know, kind of woke yourself up and knew that I had to work even harder. And you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm a good athlete, but I had to work hard to be a good athlete. I wasn't just naturally gifted. I don't think. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's like me as like a, as a comic. 
I, I, people always say to me, I'm like, yeah, man, I like stutter. I'm bad at impressions. I have horrible <laughs> delivery. Uh, everybody that I started with was better than me, but I just kept going at it. And every single night, just trying to be the best comic I can. And then I ended up on Leno and Last Comic and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's not natural talent at all. And I think people, the, natural talent is so overrated because a lot of times people oh, have sure. natural talent and they just coast on it. Whereas a guy like yeah, you, exactly. you know. It's like my younger brother, dude. My younger, my younger brother started wrestling. He's awesome. He's kicking everyone's ass. Never had to practice. Just naturally gifted at all the shit he does. And then the going got tough in high school and didn't want to go to college and kind of just dropped out of wrestling, you know. And he could have been really good, but it was so easy for him when he first started that the hard work wasn't worth it to him, you know. Yeah, no, that's uh, I mean, work ethic. A guy like Ellenberger started wrestling yeah. in college, which was like I've, I've never even heard of that. He walked onto a Division two national team and just joined the team. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's, he, he's also got some retard strength in him. I got strong. <laughs> retard strength. I love strong. I got to try to roll around with him. And I feel like, I mean, obviously I'm a lot smaller than him, but just feel like a little punk, you know? Like, I couldn't even pick up his leg on a single leg. It's ridiculous. <laughs> now, somebody told me that you went to Rain and that you were, like, too rough on people in Rain. Is it true that, and that you got kicked out of Rain for, for beating, beating up on Pat Cummins? For, for, for beating up the entire gym. <laughs> And then you you got you got you got exiled to Team Alpha Male. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> exiled. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of truth to that, I guess. I mean, no one wants to get beat up by a small guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's just kind of like Munoz had nothing but big dudes down there. I mean, it wasn't wasn't going to do me any good to go down there and probably get hurt. You know, he knew where I should be training, and uh, he mm-hmm. watched out for my career and sent me up to Team Alpha Male as soon as he realized that I could be good at the sport, and you know, and it all worked out for the best. So it wasn't because you were beating up Munoz and those guys and they, they kind of felt stupid? Well, at least that's not what I was told. It could have been that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always go hard. That's, that's one of my uh, faults in practice is I go a little bit too hard at all times. And that's what I'm known for at our gym now, too, is uh, if you're going to try to make it onto our team, you got to spar me first or go through me first before <laughs> you can even join the team because you're most likely going to get beat up. And if you can hang from that, then you're good to stay. Is that, is that true that you're the linchpin there? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I wow. get a lot of crap for it just because, I don't know, I'm just real aggressive and super competitive. I don't want to lose. I don't even care if it's Monopoly. I'm going to be pissed if I lose. No, you know, I, I, I hear you're like the Mike Pyle of Team Alpha Male. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people say. <laughs> well, well, how's Pyle? Pyle? I heard Pyle, like, in the gym is a, is a complete it's an beast. Animal. He's an animal. And uh, that's, what I, that's, oh, what, yeah, yeah. that's what I hear about you. Yeah, I, I try to, man. I try to, I try to be uh, good every day in any position. I mean, that's why I just I guess I'm so aggressive. and I don't want to lose ever. Just, I don't want anybody to get better than me. Just don't get injured, you know? Yeah, I know. It's got to be smart about it. I think after Dwayne came in and done a lot with our team, is uh, we <laughs> before Dwayne got there, he would just spar every every pro practice. It'd just be like uh, straight UFC fights every every Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Friday morning. <laughs> you know, just fucking throw down. You know, had, had a little bit of technique, but more just toughness and, and going hard. And then Dwayne got there and structured a little bit different. And, you know, we swore a lot less and do a lot more drilling now, keep our bodies healthy and, and hungry to get in there and hurt someone, you know? Now, when you fought Mike Easton, how distracting was his cup? <laughs> how what? How distracting was his cup? Because I know he has a huge, I know he has a huge <laughs> cup. <laughs> Where Overeem's yeah, cup? Yeah, he's, uh, him, him and Ahani Yaya is uh, Master Tong's favorite fighters because how big their cocks are. Yeah, seriously. So when, I, when I was fighting Mike Easton, he was rooting against me because his cock's so big. <laughs> I was a close second for Master Tong, you know, but as soon as you saw Ethan, I, was, I got thrown to the back. <laughs> That's, That's what I hear. And then also, I heard that, um, uh, I, now, 
Is it true that Uriah Faber's a- uh, ass is shaped like a chin? Uh, I guess you could say that. I mean, it's about as big as his chin. His chin and his ass are like the same size. Oh, okay, that was that was true. And all right, so I, these are these are very very uh, questions I had. And then finally, uh, Misha Tate's ass. Right? Have you ever like yeah. when she used to train with you? Have you ever like thought you were checking it out and it turned out to be Faber's chin? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Her, her ass is looking for your ass chin. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, these are these are yeah. these are the questions. These are very very important hey, questions. TJ, oh, yeah, I got it. Quick, quick question. <laughs> quick question, TJ. How is um, how has Bang like really helped you specifically? Like, um, how has he changed like your fighting style or the way you train? You know what I mean? I'm just curious. He he's he's changed um, just how comfortable I am in any position on my feet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I like fighting southpaw. I'm I'm almost more comfortable now southpaw than I am orthodox. Uh, I'm ready to strike at all times. My my kicking game has increased insane just by the setups that he's got me doing and. Uh, just just how much repetitive drilling we do, it just kind of comes natural now when you get into those situations. It's just like wrestling practice. I don't know why yeah. we didn't figure it out before this, but, you know, you drill the same double leg thousands and thousands of times, you know, until you get into that match and it just happens naturally. It's the same thing with striking. You know, you get put into situations where shit happens, you don't even know you did it. I went back and watched my Ethan fight and didn't remember half the shit I did until I, until I watched it again. You know, I was like, oh, damn, I was tight. I learned that, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of... Going through the motions all the time. Oh, I, I actually I have a serious question. Now, when when I thought you beat a sunset, that 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 was actually <laughs> he's laughing. <laughs> he's laughing. Now I thought you, you had a serious question. I thought it was gonna be like something real serious, you know, like your eyes butt shit or something. <laughs> Yo, that's that's that is very serious. Um, now the sunset <laughs> fight, I thought you won, and they gave it to him, but it seemed like everyone on Twitter thought you won. It was kind of a bullshit. Yeah. Now when you win a fight like when you lose a fight like that you think you won does, does it still affect you do you still treat it like a loss or do you go you know what this, that was bullshit you know in my mind it was a win I mean I even said that after my last fight I won the fight but it definitely affected me afterwards you know I, I it was my fault for leaving it as close as it was um, for one I should have finished the choke first round and I should have continued to use my wrestling and just kind of kick his ass but uh, you know, I let him come back and make it too close but yeah I, I, mean, I felt pretty shitty about it just because the fact that you know, I should be getting a title fight right now, and uh, now I got to run through uh, to game Mizugaki before that before that comes. Um, you know, so it, it affected me for a little bit, but I got over it pretty quick just after watching the fight over and over again and knowing that I had to keep telling myself that I won the fight. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it I- also helped that everyone everyone agreed with me. You know, it helped out that every social media outlet and everyone on Twitter, you know, all thought it was bullshit that I got that. Judged against me. Yeah, I thought that was bullshit. And then finally, uh, have you guys ever thought about having a team alpha male doggy door instilled in the octagon <laughs> so you guys can go underneath the other? Dude, I wish because then I wouldn't have to go through the front door all the time. I'd be able to go through the back and just uh, pop right in for practice and Dwayne wouldn't even know when I'm coming in. Yeah, that, we, that should, be... we should actually install it. It'd be like a half size door to normal and it's in the, in the back alley so you just sneak in. Dude, that's what's that. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start this. Please, please do. Hey, man, TJ, I'm a big fan, dude. You're uh, get, get back to golf. Uh, thank you, thank you for coming on the show, man. Honestly, and uh, I hope you win the title. I really do. Uh, I'm so pulling for you to win the title, man. No, I appreciate that so much, man. It means a lot, and uh, I'm definitely winning that title. I'm gonna win it before the end of this year. Before this year's over, I'm gonna get that get that strap. That'll be great, no man. No doubt, TJ. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, uh, no problem. Later, brother. Bye. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Take care. That was TJ Dillashaw. TJ D.
I, I think he might win it. I, I think he's got a good, I mean, he's gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy like that, it just like they, they say, he really does, uh, you know, he's a beast at the gym. You know, you know? Two of the biggest things, too, I think, in just <clears throat> having a recipe to succeed in the sport is just A, having the work ethic, and, and B, being coachable. And he's got both. So he's, yeah, I've trained with him a few times, and every time it's, he wants to learn. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of a big thing to, to, be, to be a champ, and, and he absolutely could be. Does he? Uh, did you guys get into a fight at the gym? Was it ever like did it ever come to blows? No, we we sparred before. Sparred, yeah, no, not like. No, okay, right. that's <laughs> right. He would, you know, he he get on a leg and realize my legs like half his body weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a badass. He's a. I was uh, I was surprised that um, you know I I thought he, him and Dotson. I was surprised. You know, it just shows how tough Dotson is. I mean, Dotson, mm-hmm. you know, knocked out TJ and then. Is now at one twenty five. You know, it's just how great that, both those guys. You know, yeah. I, something about that 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 whole season of the Ultimate Fighter, I like a lot. I, li- I like that when it was Dodson and TJ and Caraway, and I think it was Mayhem and Bisbing. Right, that yeah. was the season with Mayhem <laughs> and Bisbing. That whole season, I I, I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. except for when I drove to Vegas to watch May- the Mayhem fight. That was the most depressing. <laughs> fight I've ever been to. I was like, I was so looking forward to Mayhem because everybody was picking Mayhem. I mean, every, everybody, you were picking Mayhem, right? Yeah, I, I, I thought he, he definitely had a great chance. But, uh, but, you know, his extracurricular activities were not, uh, yeah. not helping him out. I know? wish he would come on here because there are so many things he tells me that I'm, I wish he would come on uh, the podcast and talk about because he has, he has some of the funniest st- stories anybody's <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. I mean, Mayhem Miller ha- uh, should have a book. I mean, holy shit, he should have a book. All right, so we have one of the legends of MMA, uh, former UFC champion, just a complete badass, a guy that I grew up watching, and uh, I'm thrilled to have him on. Actually, the guy was following me on Twitter and said, why don't you roast me? And uh, it was Kevin (laughs) Randleman, and I'm like, holy shit, Kevin, the monster Randleman. I am so pumped to have Kevin Randleman on the show. How are you, Kevin? I'm good, depending on how the show goes. (laughs) Nice. Uh, now, Kevin, I was watching some of your videos, man. Holy, I stuff that you have accomplished. Uh, I was watching you just, you know, knock out Crow Cop uh, and some, and that that that, that Fedor slam. I mean, you were, you're definitely one of uh, one of the most powerful, best athletes I've in the history of mixed martial arts. I feel like you're very underrated, uh, and people the people don't really know about. Well, some of the new guys don't know about about how uh, how much of a badass you are, man. Uh, but let's let's get let's get to the the, the uh, beginning, man. So you you uh, grew up. You had eleven. There were eleven kids in your house. Um, not in the house. Remember, I was one of the youngest ones. My daddy was a my papa was a Rolling Stones. Uh, was... Oh no! I think we lost him. Uh, maybe I uh, offended him by the first question. Uh, uh, you said my dad was wrong because he was black. No, let's call him back. Hello. All right, so Kevin. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. So you, so you, there were eleven kids in your family. Yes. I mean, was that was that hard? I mean, because I, I, I was I was reading somebody said that you actually got into a lot of fights in in the uh, streets growing up. You you uh, grew up. You were sort of poor. Um, I grew up in. I can't say that I grew up in the streets because my mom would beat my ass and get me home. So, so she was uh, she was really good at protecting us from from that. But uh, I loved my brothers and sisters, and I wanted to do and be what they were. 
So um, I got brothers, I got sisters and brothers that are in jail for uh, being kingpins and queenpins, and I got a brother that's secret service. So every end of the spectrum we have in my family. Where do you uh, where do you fall in line as far as age in those eleven? Second to the youngest. Oh, you're almost a baby. I am a baby. <laughs> now in high school. I was looking at your, like your, at your high school wrestling uh, statistics. You were you were 122 and 11 in high school wrestling. That's crazy. Uh, you were a state yep. you were the uh, state champion of Ohio. Uh, then you went to college, and your freshman year you took second in the NCAA's. You won it your second year. You won it your third year. But your senior year you couldn't wrestle because of grades. We can say it was grades, but I'm going to say it was my mental. Explain. Um, I had a baby. Uh, I, I had a son when I was in high school, and that bitch was crazy. <laughs> and every chance she got, every chance she got, I was either in jail or, or, or in trouble for something that she would say. But uh, um, when I was in college, I would go home every weekend because my father, he was battling addiction, and uh, I would go home to make sure he was good, and if he wasn't good, I'd go beat the shit out of the drug dealers that would give him whatever, uh, and stuff like that, you know. I'm a family man, I love my family, so I will live and die. You know, my life is nothing if my family's not good. So I do what I do with my body, and that's why fighting's so easy for me. Nice. So, so your 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 uh, your ex your your baby mama was putting you in jail. I mean, how 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 often did did you have you have to go to jail? Listen, Dana White, Tito Ortiz is there. He should send this fucking chick a fucking thank you basket. Because if it wasn't for her, he wouldn't have fucking held the title as long as he did. He and I were supposed to fight, and I was put in jail by this chick because. I was making money now. I was fighting for custody of my son, and the only way that she could win is if I was in jail. So I was, and she put me in jail and said that I threatened to kill her and my son. Wow. I mean, at least she should have she at least said she, that I threatened to kill her, not my son, because that didn't make any sense. Right. So you're, in, so you're ranked number one in the country wrestling. You, you're a defending champion, and, then now you're, and now you're in jail. How did guys try to test you in jail? I don't listen. I don't think I don't think I'm a badass, fellas. I believe that I'll keep it real, and I will never, ever in my life fucking back down from a fight. So, wherever I'm at, if you want to fucking test me, please test me. I was tested once. A dude stabbed me in the hand with a pencil, and I was in jail. And how did that end up for him? I knocked the fuck out of his ass. <laughs> I, I was in I was in solitary the rest of my time in jail. <laughs> Wow. Now, how pissed were you when you couldn't wrestle your senior year? Well, honestly, it wasn't that I was pissed because I had so many things that I was worrying about. Um, you know, uh, my wife says you shouldn't say this and that, but I like to be honest with everybody. You know, when when I was a kid, I was ADD like crazy, and I never even knew that there was – I didn't understand it. And then as I got older, now I've been in therapy for, for a long time, dealing with things. Um I, uh, Sandusky, Ohio is a very racist-ass place. And when I was a kid, I was eight. I was in the eighth grade, and fucking some dudes called me and thought it was funny to, to, to pretend like they were going to hang me. And uh, I'm sitting there scared, crying, and when I fall off of this crate and don't get hung or whatever, they start laughing and just run off. That shit wasn't funny, and it started to make, it created a 
mobster. Now, when I was in high school, I had a, a cop, uh, you know, try and kill me. Literally, off-duty cop, whacked out on drugs, tried to kill me. Nothing happened to him. These things contribute to me being a monster. And then when I go back home and see all the things going on and going wrong, and my father battling addiction and people still trying to give him stuff, that was my first priority, not school. Because, you know, I mean, I did what I came to, went to school to do. Now, now today, my regret is that I didn't get my degree. Because I coach 60 kids right now, and next year I plan on having 120. And when those kids come up, I need to be able to tell them college is more important than anything. And I need to get my degree in order to preach what I'm saying. Yeah, no, dude, you're a legend, man. I mean, you I, honestly, and like I was, I was watching like so many of your fights last night, and uh, you know, a lot of times when I have people on the show, it's like three in the morning, four in the morning. I, I gotta watch the fights, and I love watching fights. But your fights are at a, a different level of watching fights. Like, there is a certain excitement that you brought to that uh, octagon and that ring that it, it's almost like it's very Mike Tyson esque, where you knew that someone was getting knocked. The out um <laughs> without a doubt and uh, right. I, say, I say that that's one of my fish lines someone is getting knocked the fuck out yeah uh now but but i but i i I, do, I was watching some of your interviews and you know you you're, you're very you are very hard on yourself like you said that your career wasn't what it could have been uh that there were guys around you that didn't know that didn't know what you were doing wrong and that you wish someone would have told you what you were doing wrong uh what are some of those things I can guarantee you that successful people are successful not because of the yes men around them, but because of the people that call them a dumbass. And I had a lot of people around me that kind of, I, I don't care about being loved. I could give a shit if you love me, but if you respect me, you will fear me. You know what I mean? That makes sense to me. I don't know if it does to you. Yeah. So all my life, I didn't give a shit if you loved me. I never ever been in love myself, ever. Girls were girls, and girls were just as good as worse as guys. My girlfriend's three dudes in a week. I call them pimps, not hookers. So um, the guys around me, I was in the UFC, and there were there were guys in my locker room doing drugs, fucking bitches. This is before the UFC, uh, UFC became Zufa's organization, and they built it up into the great program that it is. But back in the day, man, guys would come in, and I had a posse of people that were, you know, some of them were killers and some of them were bad, but um, I also had guys in my, my corner that were just there, and they were yes men. But they, they like to do things that, I mean, I'm not this big, I'm not a party animal, but I can party. You know, I know how to party. And uh, there's a time and a place. And when I got a, when, on fight day, I don't expect anyone around me doing drugs around me because they think it's cool because because I'm Kevin and I don't fucking give a fuck. Now, who are these guys doing drugs and fucking bitches in the locker room? Come on, come on, man. <laughs> Why are you going to ask me that question, big dog? I mean, come on. People want to know who these people were. I tell you what. You want to know who these people are? My book is going to... My book... My book is going to paint a picture of myself, probably of not being the greatest guy, but at the end of the day, if you meet me today, you'll understand that the journey that I went through from the day I was born to the day, it was a good journey and a great journey for me. Not so great for everyone around me, but for me, the journey was, the journey is a great journey for me. Now, why do you hate Tito Ortiz so much? Because he's a f***ing no, stop holding back, man. Tell us how you really feel. Listen, listen. I grew up, I don't care what anyone says. I can die just like the next motherfucker. 
But when it comes down to it, I respect every fucking guy that puts the ring, gets in that cage and fights. Why? Because it ain't easy. For me, it's easy because I'm a bipolar motherfucker. I love to fight. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've, I have fought cops in my life. Believe me, I don't give a fuck if you call me a in public and you think I ain't going to touch you, I'll touch you. You and your boys can do whatever, but at the end of the day, you're not going to racially intimidate me. You're not going to bully me. I don't like men that be women. I don't like men that disrespect kids and try and bully them. I'm f***ing against anything that f***ing people want to bully people in. And Tito Ortiz, the bitch-ass motherfucker he is, Mark Coleman was walking into the ring to fight Randy Couture. Tito was on the side. And Tito forgets all the people that helped his little bitch ass as he was coming up and cared about him. Now, the fight was over. Tito Ortiz gets up and thinks that he's a big man. I'm watching from my seat. I'm with my wife and my boys in my house watching it. And I'm in Vegas. When I heard him say, you sorry, motherfucker, blah, 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 I put my clothes on. I got dressed the fuck up and went out looking for that bitch. <laughs> if I would have found him, I would have whooped his bitch ass. I go out by myself. I don't need a posse to go out with. And if I get beat down by a crew, then fine, so be it. I'll be back soon. Tito Ortiz goes out with a crew, he acts tough. When Tito's by himself, he acts like a fucking bitch. Always being respectful. I'm a disrespectful motherfucker if you a disrespectful bitch. And that's who he is. Tito and I met each other years ago. I met his wife, his first wife. She's an awesome woman. Awesome woman. Gave Tito her life. Gave him everything. And Tito's bitch ass and her got married. And when they were in the Bahamas or Jamaica driving around on a scooter, they got hit by a bus and almost got killed. And this is the type of man I am. I called them as soon as they told me. I called Tito's house. I left a message on his voicemail and said, hey, Tito, I, I'm praying for you and Trisha. I think I might even have prayed on the phone. And I said, if anything you need, you call me. If you need your ass wiped, you call me, I'll come wipe it. And only to see a couple weeks later or a month later, he did an interview stating that I'm a steroid monster freak. I didn't start taking juice to long after my career and college was over. And, and well into my UFC career, I started taking uh, uh, a little bit of testosterone. Again, because I'm depleted of mine. But the bottom line is, why am I pissed at Tito? Because he f***ing... Because he did just that. Yeah. I'm willing to fucking... I'm willing to leave my family to come help him get better in rehab. And this bitch says that. So I saw Trisha, his wife, at a... Uh, at a... Uh, a fight. And she said, I can't believe he said that. I am so mad at him. And, and you know, he, she was really that. And shortly after that, they went together. I think she realized that Tito is a fucking bitch ass. <laughs> Excuse my language. Sorry, I sorry, sorry. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to say that. So everyone no. out there, I do not condone saying shit like that. I'm just really hot right now. I'm pissed. When I hear his name, I want to just put my hands on him. Hmm. All right. <laughs> okay. I love it, Kevin. I love it. Ke it Kevin Randleman, man, you, uh, you, you are my new favorite guest. Okay, so uh, now, now uh, let's go through more of your career, because I, I freaking love it. You got, him, you got him all heated now. He doesn't want to go back to regular talking. He wants to beat someone's ass. All right, Tom Erickson. No, no, no. Believe me, 
I've been in therapy for a long time now, dealing with my anger. It's definitely working. I just displaced my anger and put it on the wrong people. My wife deserves, my wife and my family deserve the best of me. So people that do shit, shit that are fucked up, I've learned to give them what they deserve. Now, is this why you were so mad at Matt Riddle? Um, the Matt Riddle thing, hey, that was a misunderstanding, believe me, fellas. It was just a misunderstanding, and we squashed it, and I follow him, and I hope he gets back, uh, I hope he gets back on track and does what he does, but just like him, I like smoking weed once in a while, too. Nice. But we all know that when you're in the, when you're in the business, that business's rules are law. Yeah. And if you break the law, the rules are going to have to be applied to you. But I like Matt Riddle. Okay. Um, I like him. So like I said, it was a misunderstanding, and it got squashed. So absolutely no, no, no hatred towards that man. I didn't even have hatred there. I don't hate people. I just want to get at you. <laughs> Could you imagine him coming after you? No. Like if he said something about him on Twitter, I, no, and he was like, I'm gonna beat the f- out of this. I would. I, I would. Adam leave, Hunter's a dead man. I, 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 I would leave the country <laughs> <laughs> if Kevin no, Randleman no, was after me. Oh my God. No matter how much we want to joke about it. There are people out there that say, oh, I keep it real, I keep it real. F***ing lying bitches. You keep it real. If you keep it real, you are the same person you are every day. My wife still loves me even though I'm a crazy son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Your your wife is quite a woman. Quite a woman. Oh, man. Trust me, my wife is heads and shoulders above everybody. She's 6'2", 6'3", without heels. Wow. Sexy bitch. Sex, I'm a sexy one. She, she was your publicist too, right? Man, she's my boss. Yeah, she's your boss. Nice. Now, let's talk about some of your fights in uh, Brazil. Now, you start, Now, your first MMA fight, the guy wasn't even wearing gloves? Yeah. No, I think it was the second one, though. The second one. I get those a little mixed up. My first fight was second fight. I think the first tournament that I was in, we wore gloves. The second tournament I fought and I lost, and I lost to Carlo Moreto, and I believe that was the fight that we didn't wear gloves. But one of them we didn't have gloves on, and I was screwed up, dude. I didn't come home for 30 days. Where were you? Uh, and, and then I was in Brazil kicking and living the Vida Loca. <laughs> that must have been awesome. <laughs> it was above awesome. Let's call it heavenly. Yeah, you must have got right, so much God. tail. What part of Brazil? What'd you say? You, you must have got so much tail in Brazil. Oh, yeah, I was fishing for red tail all day long. <laughs> oh, you mean booty? Oh, booty. you mean sex? Yeah, sex. Yes, yes. <laughs> I even did a little fishing. That's good, man. Fishing and pussy. That's, you can't, cannot go wrong with that. Hey, listen, hey, fellas, I tell you what. For me, when I went to Brazil, it made me think that that was how it was going to be. So I was preparing myself for battle every single time. When it went down to fighting one fight in one night, it was a freaking breeze. Wow. I, I mean, I'm one fight in one night, I'm used to fighting groups, crews, and fucking bars. Jesus. Yeah. I don't back down. I don't back down. Valvano said it best. Never give up. Never give up. And I'm never going to give up. You will knock me the fuck out. Or I'm going to knock you out, but at the end of my fight, when we shake hands, you're going to be like, wow, maybe don't want to fight that dude again. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to fight you the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, now, Tom Erickson, now, 
Tom Erickson's a, uh, you know, he's, he's a wrestler, a, a big-time wrestler. Strong McCorkle told me that Erickson still beats up him and Matt, and Matt Mitrione now. Uh, now, you fought Tom Erickson back in the day, correct? Yeah. Any, anything you want to talk about that fight? Um, other than the fact that he knocked me out. <laughs> uh, it was a good... Going into the fight, I knew that I didn't want to try up with his ass. Yeah, he's a big dude. I knew that because, hey, he's an Olympian, dude. Uh, I know, I know how, I know how good he is. I've known him even when I was in high school, so I respected his size, his strength, his and his stamina. I just wanted to punch him in the face and hopefully get him a little uh, nervous. But I punched him and went too, got too close to him, and he got me in that front choke. He, I was out on my feet. I don't even remember anything after the first punch. And then I just remember waking up in the back going, oh, come on, let's go. He's like, oh, and Mark gave me a hug. I said, it's over, man. I yeah. said, what happened? He's like, you didn't win. Oh, shit, fuck off, oh, man, dang it. And he just gave me a hug, a big, long hug. and said, it's all right, man, you, you, you fought well. Yeah. That was one thing Mark Coleman was always good at. He was always good at making me say, fuck it. One match don't mean nothing. Get over it. Yeah, Next you, match is coming. Yeah, you and Coleman. Coleman was your uh, your wrestling coach at Ohio State. It, actually, when I, when, I, when I saw Coleman selling his pride trophy last week, I kind of, kind of maybe, yeah, he's selling his pride trophy on uh, eBay. I think he might be strapped for cash, and it's, it was kind of sad in a way. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ugh. Hey, you know what? Um, that's what happens when you and again, I remember, I'm the guy that keeps it fucking real. Mike DiSabato, punk-ass motherfucker. I don't dislike him because, hey, he's a businessman. That's the but guy from Embrace the company, Grind, right? His company, he made the money he made. And he made, he got the company he got. I was in the hospital, and I was dying. My liver and my kidneys and stuff was failing. He calls my wife. She gives me the phone. He says, how hard is it to get into MMA, you know, clothing and that? I said, it ain't hard at all. What you got to do is you got to get a couple of big-name guys, wear your gear, and uh, hopefully, and, then, and it'll take off. It'll take off. So, first motherfucker he hires, me. I'm in my hospital room. I said, hey, just so that you know, when you sell this company, motherfucker, I want my money. He said, oh, yeah, 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 we'll talk about it later. Okay, okay. I said, I want my money. He said, okay. So, Mark Coleman jumps on board. Mark Coleman and Kevin Random get Dan Anderson, Quentin Chuck and them, and then Mike DeSavido forgets who the f*** helped him get there. So Mark Coleman would not be broke right now if he would have just took my advice and sued Mike DeSavido's ass for f***ing for breach of contract. There was a gentleman's agreement, but we got him that f***ing, that whole entire company wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for us. Because we helped him build it. We were the fucking guys that got the other guys on point. So, Mark, give me a call, motherfucker. You want your money? Let's go get it. <laughs> You're talking, the, uh, Mike, uh, Mike DeSabado is the guy that owns uh, Cage Fighter, right? Mike DeSabado is the guy that owns a big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, your Boz Rutten fight, that, I think, was the biggest. That was the worst decision I've ever seen. Honestly, like like banging Kim Winslow over Brittany Palmer is a better decision than than, than what? that. What? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Back that up. What'd you say? I said banging Brittany Palmer, oh, banging Kim Winslow over Brittany Palmer is a better decision than your fight than that fight. You 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 got screwed in that fight, man. That Boz Rutten fight. Wait, 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 wait,
way, let's get back to banging. Bang, Winslow, and I'm sorry, but you, when you put banging involved, I don't see how banging could be a bad thing at all. Well, I'm just saying, like, let's say you'd had sex with Kim Winslow. You could have had sex with Brittany Palmer, but you chose Kim Winslow, right? I, I would say that, that that's, a, that's a pretty bad decision, correct? Okay, and this, my, I'm just, this is just to my wife. Baby, if you're listening, just remember, I'm all about you. Yeah, I guess you guys are right. Thank you, Kim <laughs> please, somebody please give, give Kevin Randleman his own TV show Fox Sports if you're listening Kevin Randleman needs his own show done Kevin done. Randleman needs it now but seriously that, that's, that's the name of the show keeping it real with Kevin Randleman absolutely man anything I can do to help this guy so but now, now Boz now Boz Rutten, uh that was ridiculous come on um you know what again if if fighters out there that are listening Dana White said it once and said it best. If you don't want to have the judges involved, then don't let the judges be involved. Go out there and do your job. And I could have, I mean, honestly, during that fight, if you watch it, they stopped that fight a couple times, and Boss Rutten, they asked him, and Boss Rutten was, this is what chose to test the fortitude of a man. That's why Boss, Boss, Rutten, is, Boss Rutten is a legend. Because they said, we got to stop the fight do you want us to stop the fight? And each time they ask, he said, no. I'm going to get this guy tired. He's going to get tired, and I'm going to take him out. So the decision itself, I don't agree with. But the decisions that Boss Rutten were making during that fight makes me respect him and makes me say I'm very proud to say that he and, he and I are very good friends. Didn't he lie to you, though? Didn't like you guys have a gentleman's agreement in the elevator? That- <laughs> Yeah, we did. You sure did renege on that one. Yes. Like, like, what happened was, like, you guys met in the elevator, and he said, and you said, all right, no kicking. And he said, okay. And then he kicked you right away. Well, he didn't, he, no, no. He didn't kick me right away, but he sure woke me up right away. I don't recall whether he was on the elevator or I was on the elevator, but the doors opened, and there we were. And one of, you know, we were like, oh, we'll take the next one. But before the door shut, I said, hey, if you want to, if you want to, because everyone will say Randleman won't stand up and box, man, I, that's all I do is fight with my hands. I don't go and wrestle. I don't wrestle people in the street. I knock them down and let them get back up to knock them down again until they're done. So I said, hey, if you want to stand up, just don't kick me because it's a natural reaction for me to take you down. You know, I didn't say all that, but he said, okay. And boy, I was sitting there waiting. I was in the corner. I was like, man. Mark said, take you down. I said, no, man, if he wants to stand up, he's going to stand up. And uh, I come running across the ring like I always did, and I f-ing saw his back heel come up, and I knew something. Uh, when he put that foot out there, I, I, I even said, I said, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> and, and then that was it. I just took him down, and we, was, we were on the ground. If it was a 21-minute fight, we were on the ground for 18 of it. Yeah, no, and then didn't, uh, didn't Mark Coleman tell you to smear his own glove into his eye? His, his, his own blood into his eye? No, he didn't say smear his own blood. He said, put, he said, get your finger in that hole. Whatever, whatever is bleeding, put your finger in and try and open it up. Oh. Wow. Now, now after, oh. after that, right? So then after that, you, you, uh, you go on, you win the UFC belt. Um, you, you know, you, you win the UFC belt. And then your first, you, you, you fight, uh, you fight uh, Randy Couture, which is your last fight at 205. I watched that fight last night. You were beating Randy pretty bad. The first two rounds, you, you had Randy out. Oh, I whooped his ass. 
Yeah. I was whooping his ass. Now, Unlike Randy, Randy follows instructions and his game plan to the T. That's why I can't do nothing but say he is one of the greatest MMA fighters I've ever had the pleasure of losing to. Because he follows his game plan. His game plan was to get close to Kevin Randleman and take him down. And our game plan was to beat him up on our feet. When the third round had, when the third round began, Mark said, good, Kevin, just keep going out. I said, man, f*** that. I'm going to go out there and see how good he is wrestling. He said, and I remember walking away from there, and he said, no! <laughs> and when I went back to the, I just remember when it was over, and I went back, he said, why the f*** did you try and wrestle him? What the f***? Why didn't you listen to me? And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no. But I don't cry over spilled milk. I, 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 I got to see my glass half full every single time I do anything. You know, because um, if I didn't, I would probably put a gun in my mouth. Uh, I would have already. Kevin, so, Kevin, you're one of the best fighters of all time, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Most entertaining to watch. I mean, so you have nothing to feel bad about. You, you, you've accomplished more than point... Then ninety nine point nine 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 nine, and keep you know times that by a million. So uh, seriously, uh, your your uh, Chuck Liddell fight. Did you underestimate his power? Hell no, I didn't underestimate his power. Hell no. When we were fighting, he was on the cage, and I threw a body blow, and I, he went oh. So I was like, oh shit, I want to fucking again. I just think my hands are good, but they're not better than than than, than a lot of people's. So I got off the fence, and when I was boxing, the guy said, stop dropping your hand when you come in. And sure enough, as I, when I watched that fight, I came in, and I dropped it, and he, he hit me perfectly. And that was it. I knew Chuck long before we fought. And I knew we would fight eventually if we were in the same weight class. So obviously, you know, we're friends before, and we were friends before, during, and after. Yeah. The great thing about MMA is you can have beefs. You can be mad as hell. Now, I'll squash my beef with Tito if I get to touch him. If I get to put my hands in his face and try and crack that fucking egg on the top of his head. Wow. Because <laughs> Humpty won't get put back together again. So when I fought Chuck, I don't underestimate one person I fight. Everyone I fight in the street, out, off, in the cage, out of the cage, I give them all one thing and one possibility, and that's they're a man, and they can beat me with one punch. Yeah. And Chuck Liddell, obviously, fucking 100%, you get dropped with one, and I got beat with one. But did, did that uh, weight cut hurt you, you think? No, dude. Listen, when I was the heavyweight champion, I was only weighing 90, 199 pounds. I used to go to weigh. I used to go to weigh-ins with with ten pound anklets on my on my on my ankles. Wow! So that I could weigh two twenty something. So then, when I was fighting Bob Rutten, Bob Rutten's corner said, "Make him take off his clothes." I would wear overalls. I love wearing overalls because I'm from Ohio, Midwest. You know, farmers and shit. So I would love wearing overalls. My wife can't stand them, so I can't even wear them. The point I'm pissed about that. So, so. I bought a pair of overalls and she threw them fuckers out. I'm pissed. So, so when, when we were at the weigh-ins, this, their, his corner said, make him take his clothes off. And I'm like, why? I'm a heavyweight. And they said, take them off. And then, then the official said, take them off. So, you know, I don't mind being the butt of any joke. I don't mind being joked on. So I sat down right there in the front row and took my ankle weights off, hoping no one saw them. And they said, what are those? 
said, what are those? I said, ankle weights. What? I, how much did they weigh? 10 pounds a piece. 10 pounds, and I got on a scale of like 203, 204, something. So that was the joke, you know. I'm trying to be bigger to, to mentally <laughs> for people. And then they took that, then they made me the butt of that joke. So that was, I found that very funny. Now that is funny. And, and, and you, you know what? I'm going to keep roasting you. Keep asking me to roast you. You're, you're one of these guys I, I respect so much. It's hard to, I'm not, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to. And now, now talking to you, I got a lot of things. Now, uh, as far as, um, as far as uh, one of your fights, uh, I want to talk about cool is that when you lost to Rampage, it was a great fight, you lose to Rampage, and then Vanderlei Silva comes in, af- after the, uh, comes in the ring to fight Rampage after the fight, and you still had Rampage's back even after he had just beaten you. I thought that was pretty damn cool. <coughs> now, you guys, this is, you ever heard of six degrees of separation? Yeah. Well, I am the three percent of I'm three percent of separation, three degrees, because when I fought Boss Rudin, Quentin Jackson and I met each other for the first time. He wasn't even in the game, and we took a long walk down in Alabama, up and down the streets, just talking about everything. And I said, "Hey, I said we even said it then. One day we might have to fight each other. So what? We're gonna be boys regardless of what happens." And then when then. Clinton and I talked before that prior fight, and he said, man, I think they want us to fight each other. I said, Clinton, this is a f***ing business, and if we fight each other, we're going to give each other the best We're going to give this crowd the best f***ing fight we can give them. And make sure you make them motherfuckers pay you the same amount they paying me. And then after that, we said we were talking, you know, it's a business, and if you don't sell yourself, who the hell is going to want to buy you? Right. So after that, you know, it's just when Quentin and I see each other, we smack each other in the face. We don't give hugs and love. We smack each other in the face until we're like, all right, that's enough. All right. <laughs> but, but black on black crime. You know, that's why we make, we, you pump up a fight to make it real. But we liked each other. But before that fight, I wanted to knock his ass out. Yeah. <laughs> and the night before, the night before the fight, when we were weighing in, I cut 22 pounds. I got to Japan weighing 224 pounds, and I cut like 20-some pounds in seven hours. So I made weight. I was like two pounds under. Quinn got on, and he was a little over. And Mark was like, well, get your ass on, get working out. I said, fuck it, dude, let's go eat. And Mark was like, no, man. I'm like, listen, that extra half a pound or whatever ain't going to mean shit. If he's going to win, he's going to win. I don't look at shit like that. But... I mean, I lost the fight, but it's not because he fucking didn't lose that extra pound. It was because I went out and ate and fucking gained 32 pounds. I woke up the next morning weighing 234 pounds. Were you, were you surprised that he was able to de- uh, defend some of your takedowns? Hell no, not at all. When you look at that fight, I shot the worst shots of my life. I was shooting the shots way out instead of trying to punch my way in. And, uh... That's it. He's got a great game plan. Clinton Jackson's hard to take down. Yeah. Um, he's not easy to take down because, one, not because he's African-American, just because he's athletic. He's got those fast twitch muscles, which he can react to my speed and get back. And the uh, funniest thing about it, fellas, is I lost a day fighting Quentin Jackson. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> when we fought... 
when he knocked me out, I woke up in the bars at three something in the morning with my friends. And I was just thought, I don't, I don't remember a thing. I still don't remember the fight. I don't remember the day of the fight. And when I watched the fight, sometimes little fragments of the fight in that day come back. But it's like, it's like a dream. I don't remember that fight. And every time I watch it, it's like I'm watching it for the first fucking time. Wow. It's the one, it's one of those things that is fucking absolutely amazing for me. And I love it. So some days when I just want to get a little, when I want like some days I'm just weird and crazy. And I just like, let me look at that fight. But like, I can't believe that shit. Boom. But I remember when I woke up in Rapungi, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Mark looked at me and said, what the fuck? Are you just waking up from the fight? I said, who won? He said, not you. <laughs> Oh my God! So you're just on uh, autopilot? Uh, I was on autopilot. Damn. That is crazy. Has that ever happened to you, Jake? No, uh, no, it hasn't. Now, now we gotta ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Thank God. The, 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 they, uh, don't call him the best color commentator for nothing. Now, um, <laughs> that have you? No. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't relate. That's that's crazy. Wow. Now we have to ask about your fight against Fedor. Uh, that's probably one of the most watched things I've ever anybody's <laughs> ever seen. You know, were you surprised that Fedor was able to recover from your huge slam? No, hands no. Not at all. Do you know how many guys survived that slam in practice? I don't know how many. All of them. Oh, they all do. Dude, that looks like it would have paralyzed, like, the, a, a, a normal human being would have been paralyzed or killed from that. Yeah, it, it seems like... <laughs> <laughs> well, Quadis Kemp, he messed his ribs up in that fight from that slam, but it wasn't his neck, it was a rib. Wow. He messed his ribs up. I found that out later. But... Going into that fight, I had, I had just lost my dad a couple weeks earlier. And Fedor, Fedor said, you know, he reached out to me and said, hey, we don't have to fight. You know, I understand all this, you know, because Fedor and I were friends a long time before this. And uh, he reached out to me and said, no, we don't need to fight. And I said, no, f*** that. Show's got to go on. You hear that, Tito? Motherfucking <laughs> soldier, soldier up and fight through pain. You're a f***ing ass motherfucker. You don't deserve to be called what you were called. Motherfucker. Hmm. Comes back to Tito. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything goes back to that bitch. Because when I think about all these young fighters that go out there and perform like fucking cheese, Ellenberger, all these guys, I look up to them because they're hard. They're hard and they're respectful. Tito Ortiz, he is none of them. He's not hard and he ain't respectful. I respect those that respect the game and respect the fame that comes with the game. He don't. Do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger? Wow. Amazing. Is he there? Yeah. Do you, do you have any questions for Jake Ellenberger, by the way? What? Yes. When's your next fight? Uh, April 26th at, uh, in Baltimore. Who, who are you banging with? Uh, a guy, Tarek Safradine, kickboxer. <laughs> too, bad for, too bad for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, if that leg comes off the ground, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a dead man. <laughs> Now, now, Kevin, I, I remember at the MMA Awards, I, I met you, uh, and you were asking John Jones to, to uh, train with you. You were like, hey, John, if you, uh, you need sparring, let me know for Rashad, and for the Rashad fight. Did he ever hit you up with that? Or, or uh, did he ever take you up? Um, actually, John Jones doesn't need any help preparing for, for anybody. Um, you know, 
I'm one of those guys that, like, I don't care if someone calls me. I saw Dos Santos before one of his fights, like the King fight. I mean, I just give, I, knowledge is power and help. All my knowledge came free. Everyone gave it to me free. Coaches trade me for free. Lurch showed me little things. The Gracies have worked with me. I've worked with a lot of guys, and that was all free. So I really feel like a piece of shit trying to get paid for it. So I just said, hey, if you need some help, you know, because Rashad and I are about the same height, and I'm quick. Rashad's quick. I said, let's do it. But he didn't need my help for that one. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know why people wouldn't need your help. It seems like uh, you, you bring a lot to the table. Um <laughs> Now, uh, also, uh, and then, and then finally. Uh, oh no! Hello. Hello. You there? Yeah. Are you, are you okay? Hello. Did you see Tito? I think we lost him. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost. Uh, we lost Kevin. God, good interview so far. What do you think? Hell yeah, dude! This is a, uh, to me, it's the most <laughs> entertaining. I love back. his passion. Yeah. I love him. Going DJ, what do you? What do you? What do you, what do you oh, oh, oh. I. I heard a, oh no, and then the phone goes dead. So I don't know what's going on. What I think you, Tito you, found what him. What are your thoughts on this interview? So <laughs> I, I think he's um, he tied is. with Baroni for he most F-bombs. Oh, right. For sure. I keep seeing look over this. I know. I keep looking at the time going, I'm sorry, guys. I got to bleep it. I got to bleep it. All right. So we got disconnected with Kevin Randleman. Uh, however, that was one of my favorite interviews of think, all time. I think Tito might have found him. <laughs> That's how you're disconnected. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that was hilarious. What an amazing Dude, guest. I love that guy. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that Kevin Randleman was was, was going to be like that, but I am thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely talking about keeping it real. Quite an intimidating guy too. <laughs> he's like he's like the Mike Tyson. In Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Tyson back in, in the 80s Tyson, not Tyson yes, now. Yes. I mean, yeah, he's... 88, 89 Tyson. Oh, my God. <laughs> a very intimidating guy. Not a guy I would, I would mm. ever want to have on my, my bad side. Uh, so, Kevin Randleman, you're allowed to come on our show anytime you want. Uh, every anytime. Week, anytime. The Kevin Randleman hour. Uh, <laughs> Keep it real with Kevin Randleman. I want to come in studio, definitely. <laughs> I, I might need some kind of a barbed wire or something. <laughs> but, Chicken but, wire. <laughs> But, well, oh, 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 he, 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 he's, he's saying, call me back, Jack. We, all right, so we have to call. Right, let's, call let's call him. Back. I'm, I'm definitely not. <laughs> what time Randleman. do you need to leave? In like ten minutes. You can stay okay. for the rest of the Kevin Randleman. All right, so we are calling him back right now. Uh, I uh, yes, we're calling Kevin Randleman back. Hey, Kevin Randleman. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so Kevin, we're just finishing up the uh, the interview, which has been great so far. Uh, one of my favorite ever, if if not my favorite ever. We got to get one with uh, you, Phil Baroni, and, and, Hector and Hector Lombard on the same show. And, uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Is everything okay? Or, or did you go back to therapy? Or, or what, what happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm in therapy 24 hours a day. Okay, <laughs> cool. Now I was now I was looking at your uh, your staff infection, which might have been the worst one I've ever seen. Oh my god, that was looks like it looked like it was a giant hole in his in his rib cage. It looked like a cannon, like like landed <laughs> in your rib cage. And you said you got that when you were training in Vin Diesel's garage. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Now, are you and Vin Diesel friends, or how did that happen? Um, I think a lot of people would love to be Vin Diesel's friends. Uh, I, I'm happy to say that I'm at least one of his acquaintances. Now, were you his bodyguard, or, or were you just training in his? I mean, how did you and Vin, how did you and Vin Diesel link up? Uh, Vin Diesel don't need a bodyguard, fellas. Vin Diesel can fucking do his own job. Trust me. 
He'll probably beat the shit out of Tito Ortiz himself. <laughs> so, uh, he, he goes back to Tito Ortiz yeah. more than you go back to vagina questions. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah, but, but, oh. it was, but, it was, but it was you and Rico Rodriguez. And Rico, well, right? I, yeah, Rico Rodriguez was in California. And um, my wife and I uh, drove out to, because, you know, Rico asked us to come out and chill and, and, and meet the internet. So we went out. And got to meet Vin and, and a lot of his friends and a lot of his family. Absolutely top-notch guy. Um, when you meet guys, it's like, geez, will he be an asshole or whatever? Vin Diesel is grounded. He is grounded, and, there, you know, he's never going to get a big head like Tito. He's going to be, he will be Vin Diesel, a very good guy. And I'm sorry for the loss that Vin Diesel and his, uh, you know, uh, uh, losing his boy like that. But Vin Diesel's a great guy. We were in the garage, uh, Rico and I were in the garage, and we were just kind of messing around. And um, I had been training for a fight. And I don't block my, I don't block my body because I train. I do a lot of sit-ups. I, got like, I, got, I, I, I train my body to be able to take kicks and stuff. So while I'm sparring with people, I was getting kicked in the ribs, and I wasn't blocking. I was blocking my head. So I'm standing there, and I'm kind of, we're both kind of messing with my wife. And Rico throws a kick without a shin pad on. And when you throw a kick, it's bone it's bone trying to touch bone. And when he kicked me, he kicked me in that little, and there was a lot of blood where everyone was kicking me. And it was been a week since I sparred, so it was coagulated. So when Rico kicked me, his shin bone touched my rib cage, and it cut that bag and that bag of coagulated dead blood in half. Oh. No blood just went straight into my muscles, went into my shoulder. And as soon as he kicked me, I threw up on Vin Diesel's garage floor. And uh, my wife knew right then that I was fucked. She knew I was screwed. And uh, we got home that night. I had a fever. My fever went straight to like 103. The next day it was still 103. And the next day it got to 105. And like by the fourth day, I was on my way to the hospital. And uh, my buddy, if it wasn't for my friend, not following my wife's directions, I'd be dead. And, 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 I'm, not, and I'm not exaggerating this. We went to the wrong hospital. And if I went to the right hospital, they would have gave me, they would have took the x-rays and stuff and sent me home. Where if I went to sleep one more time, I would never woke up because I was going septic. So uh, my friend went there, God bless his heart. He got the directions wrong, took me to the wrong hospital. So when I was in this hospital, they were just running tests on me, and then I just kind of went into a, a coma. And that's, I woke up with my right chest, the whole entire pet cut completely off. Nice. I, my, my chest looked like Trey Tullignan. Like my whole right pet was gone. They had to cut my whole entire right light off and some of my shoulder muscle. Oh my so God. when I woke up and looked in the mirror and saw that they cut off my freaking right tit, I was pissed. <laughs> I was looking for the doctor that did it. I was ready to kick his ass. <laughs> The doctor was Tito. Oh, oh man, that's uh, calling Dr. Ortiz. Well, Dr. I'm, Ortiz. well, you know what, man, you, you 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 live through it. You are you're not a quitter, man. You are you're a survivor, and uh, and 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 you're a legend. And uh, Kevin Randleman, thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, you have no idea how much of an honor it is to to, to talk to you and have you on the show. And I would let any way that anytime you ever want to come on the show again, you have uh. 
Open door. I, I, have, I have a really good feeling you're going to be our new favorite guest. We want to become in studio. Yes. So I, have, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. And I like being colorful. Not just because I'm a black man, but I like being colorful, baby, you know? Uh, yes. You are, <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. So thank you so much, man. And uh, good luck with everything. And I hope to talk to you soon. Good luck to you. Uh, hey, Jake. Good luck in your fight, man. I really hey. do like watching you fight. you one of them hardcore you're a hardcore, you're a hardcore fighter, and one of my favorites. I like hardcore guys. Reminds me of me when I when I was fighting. Oh, thank you, man. No, it's a, it's a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Always, man. God bless you, baby. Keep it real. <laughs> you know, it. Hey, everybody. If you're not, if you don't realize it now, some little butthead out there's got my name, Kevin Randleman, and he won't give it to me no matter how much I pay him. So my Twitter is the monster underscore. Nice. Follow him. Follow him. Our next guest, uh, we've been trying to get him for, for weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm, fi- I'm, I'm glad he's finally here. He's, he's a badass, badass fighter. Uh, he, he's, he's got a big fight coming up. He's just coming off a huge victory over Pat Barry. So are the Hulk. How are you, man? Uh, good, man. Good. I don't know about a badass, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I just fight. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're on with me and, uh, and uh, Jake Ellenberger. Um, yeah, hey, how are you going? Good. How are you, man? Yeah, good, good. Just um, just finished uh, doing a session, so uh, first session for today, and uh, got another three to go. So you got you you're doing four sessions a day? Yeah, I normally uh, do a, a swim in the morning, uh, like a six o'clock swim, and then uh, I spar. I do uh, like you know, my sparring sessions around um, eleven, twelve o'clock, and then I sleep, and then I do a five thirty. Conditioning session and a four thirty conditioning session, and then a seven thirty pads. Wow! So very different days, very different days. So I have the same workout regimen. Just so you know, I uh, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> now, now all your wins so uh, have been by knockout or submission. Uh, and I, I was I was I was reading up on you. I had no idea that you wrestled for Australia during the Sydney Olympics. No, uh, I trialed for the um, for the uh, for the Olympic team. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I went for the, the trial, and uh, and I just it's just a lot of politics involved. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, when you go to trial, you you know, you win the trial, and you know, yeah, I'm in. And then next thing you know, that uh, yeah, a lot of politics involved. But uh, you know, to kind of put me off, um, you know, just you know, the whole wrestling side of it, it you know. Um, I think there's politics and everything, I guess. But um, you know, the wrestling in Australia was—it's just you know, a lot of politics. If, wait, so wait, so you problems. wait, so you won the Olympic trials, but they didn't put you on the team. Yeah, I I, uh, I won my trials, and um, yeah, and I thought I actually made it through, and uh, but because the other guy has had more wrestles throughout the year, um, so uh, yeah, so but you know, you, you, you accumulate points. So I think we'll. Well, no, why do you have trials for? But it's all good. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, if, if you win the trials, you yeah. should be in the Olympics. I don't know what is this point nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? What is this? That's na- all good. But, um, is this NASCAR? But, but I'm here now, so that makes no sense. Now, so yeah, you're doing great right now. Uh, so you're 36 years old. You're also a uh, BJJ black belt, which I. I yep. Uh, who do you uh, train under? Uh, well, I'm uh, BJJ Black Belt under Dave Phillips. He's uh, Black Belt underneath uh, Pedro Sua and uh, Hicks and Gracie. So. Wow. 
So yeah, see, I, I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't re- don't realize your uh, your uh, ground game because you're so good at just punching people in, in like the face. <laughs> they. Uh, yeah, I've been I've, I've been doing it for uh, years. I mean, I was in Brazil, um, uh, trying to stay in Brazil after the Abu Dhabi in Brazil, and then uh, um, and that's where I, that's why I wrestled. My first wrestle was against uh, Roy Nelson. So we go way back, way back a long time. And then uh, then I went to uh, spend some time in uh, in Hawaii with uh, BJ Penn and. Uh, I was in Las Vegas with um, training over there and uh, Team Quest and the Raw Center when it used to be, you know, where everyone used to go to the Raw Center with Ricky Ciparelli and that. So I've been in the game for a long, <laughs> long, long time. And I was in Japan and I stayed in Japan and, and uh, with uh, Yoshida's gym, uh, with Nakamura and, and, and all them guys trained out of uh, Inoki's gym with, um, you know, with uh, Sakuraba and, and, and all them guys. So... Yeah, I've been around. <laughs> wow, no, I mean, let's let's go back through some of that. How was your? How did you do against Roy Nelson? It was um, it, it was no score. So uh, yeah, there was no score, and then it went into overtime, and then uh, he um, all he because he, he he won by just a vantage. So because uh, he kept on going for a takedown, but couldn't get the takedown. So and then because um, he got like one takedown and got an advantage, but didn't get a, but didn't get a takedown, but he just attempted. Oh wow. So, so that was it, but um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's uh, it is what it is, but you know, kind of brings us here to today. <laughs> yeah, no, you've been. Uh, I mean, you were you were undefeated until until Pride, where you lost to uh, to Choi Mubei in two thousand four, yep. and then you made it to the UFC, but you got cut in two thousand seven after uh, Eddie Sanchez, and now you're back um, seven years later. Which I mean, that's a lot of people get cut from the UFC and never make it back. It says a lot about your yeah. about your, about your hard work and uh, persistence. I remember um, Sean McCorkle when you fought McCorkle told me how tough you were because he was like he was like dude a lot of people sleep on uh, they, a lot of people they uh, sleep on so are the Hulk they don't realize how strong of a guy he is. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's just um, positioning and and I know like you know Sean McCorkle had a, had a good. He had a good camp as well. I mean, his 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 the guy in his in his corner was um, oh, uh, calling the bear, but um, he, he's been in the game for a long time. Tom Erickson, and stuff, and Tom Erickson, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and and um, yeah, and, and he was saying that they were defending the takedown, but I think it's um, yeah, I, I I've been in the game for a long time, so I kind of know, you know. Um, and work on my strength. And if it, and if it was to stand up, it, it didn't really bother me because it's you know. Um, my I think my stand up is is, is is good. Uh, I reckon it's good, but you know, and I haven't had a chance to kind of show my stand up skills. But um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> do you think Do you think the Bob Sapp fight actually hurt you because he gave up so quickly? Um, I just I didn't like um, I just you know he come forward and and I threw an uppercut, cut him, cut him up, and and then uh, you know I thought oh, I didn't know. <laughs> And then he just went down, but uh, you know, I know like you know, Bob Sapp is known for the kind of you know antics and stuff. But you know, I, I just treat every opponent as as uh, you know, I know I'm going to go in there for a war, so I've got to make sure I'm prepared uh, right. for a war. Now your last your last fight. I mean, how how did you? Uh, how crazy was that with Pat Barry? I mean, was that the, I mean was that the game plan? Just take him down and pound him out? Did you think that uh, were, were like you surprised? Like how uh, quick you beat him? Yeah, well, I, for that camp, I had a lot of guys like you know a lot of, a lot of Muay Thai guys, um, 
kind of, you know, did a lot of stand-up. Um, so I worked on a lot of the stand-up. Uh, and then I, I did some camp over with Mark Hunt. So I, I knew he was going to hit harder than Mark um, and some of the guys I was training with. But, um, I mean, Pat can, you know, with them four-ounce gloves, you know, anything can happen. And Pat's been in some wars, and, he, you know, I respect him as a fighter and a kickboxer because he's got some heavy, heavy kicks. And I knew he was going to kick, so he kicked twice, and, and I kind of evaded it. And still, you know, just kept composure. And usually uh, I went for the first takedown, and... Um, you know, and, and that and that didn't happen. I think usually sometimes when when guys go for takedown, it doesn't happen. They get stuff They kind of get you know maybe flustered. But I just kept kept cool and kept kept focused on what what I needed to do. So I, I think you know getting getting that win and, and trying to um, the way I, I wanted to get it. It's, it's about winning. It's not about like you know yeah we can stand there toe to toe. But um, and then yeah let's please the crowd. But I, I think it's all about winning. You know yeah and. Um, and, I mean, I, I, and I did win in kind of a good fashion, but um, it's just the way I, it's just the way I, I do things, I guess. No, it was, uh, it was awesome. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was really impressed. You know, I, I've been following you on Twitter, and like, you know, I mean, your name is So the Hulk, which, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool nickname. Um, it's fitting. It's very, very, it's very fitting. You are you're very, uh, you are very, very scary guy. Actually, when I when I talked to you on the phone. You sound a lot different. I expected just some guy go, you know, some kind of Hulk smash or something. But, um, <laughs> I had, uh, yeah. So now your last loss was to Cormier, and I, I went and uh, rewatched that fight. I thought it was co- kind of a quick stoppage. No. Yeah, because oh, I got, um, and, it, I mean, and it wasn't uh, deliberate. Like um, I got eye gouge, but you know. Um, you know, it's, it's um, but I couldn't, I just couldn't see it on my eye, and then, yeah, but, and then the other eyelid, um, it cut, it like cut on my eyelid, so, um, so I was just calling out the ref, but, you know, it is what it is, like, it, it, you didn't do it deliberately, it's just a, one of them incidents that it just happens, you know, it, um, but, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, Kwame is a, man, he's a, he's a tough opponent, whether he's back then or now, so, you kind of fight him. I mean, you don't become captain of the American wrestling team if you're uh, you know, standing at the bus stop. So. Did you have any? Did you have any yeah. idea how good Cormier was going to be back then? Yeah, absolutely. Like he came in and, and grabbed my and, and went for a single leg, and then um, next thing, next thing, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at this, uh, looking at the canvas, and it was so quick how we, um, yeah, how we took it down. But then I kind of got back up. I thought, wow, this guy's good. <laughs> and then, you know, just obviously kind of watching all these wrestling stuff, and I think, wow, this guy's going to be something. Um, he's going to tear through the division, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, and especially now at like 205, he went down from a uh, D to a B cup. Uh, do you think yes. he's... Do, how do you think he's going to do against John Jones? I think he may be the only one that... He may, he may be the one that, that can beat John Jones. I think if if, uh, if Tech Zero gets in close and 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 throws, um, but then again, that's what you got to do. You've got to get in um, to throw your punches at John Jones, you know, because John's just lanky and just long, and he can use his range so good uh, to you know you hit you and then invade invade your strike. So um, I think um, Cormier will kind of use a lot of his wrestling to to grind it for the five five rounds, you know. So, uh, but um, and try to get in close and. And keep coming, and pressuring forward. So, but um, 
I think he might be the one that's to beat him um, as a Texera. I think um, I think that'd be a good fight. I think you know Texera can win, uh, but I just think he needs to get in, get in really close. I think if he gets in close, he can do some damage. But, but then, yeah, with all fighters, you just got to get in close. I think um, like when you've seen uh, Alexander, he, he it's perfect fight for Alexander because they're both tall and and long. So and that's why it was a close fight. Yeah, he matched up really good. I mean. That's the thing. It's like Jones has the advantage against against Cormier with obviously with distance, but Cormier has that that wrestling and he also has that power. You look at the guys who he's, he's you know knocking out Bigfoot Silva, you know. Yeah. So you, you think if a guy can knock out Bigfoot Silva, I mean, imagine what he would do to a two hundred five pounder. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got I got I got to ask you a question from uh, Rabid Bunyip on the uh, UG. He says that you have. Uh, some great bouncing stories at Metropolis. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was back in the days. Um, yeah, we used to punch on with everyone, <laughs> with all the all the gangsters that used to come in, and uh, yeah, been shot at a few times. And <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was back in the days. But yeah. So you got into a lot of fights back then. Well, you just get. It. Back then, it was like you know you got a lot of the you know, a lot of gangsters and stuff used to come in and and try to throw their weight around, um, but because we we just stood our ground and and you know, um, it was, you know then we used to get like a, remember one time we got you know I got shot at once, <laughs> and then we just like back in a weaving and I'm thinking whoa that was close. Wow. So um, now are you uh, married? You have a girlfriend? What's the deal? Yeah, man, I've got kids, so I've got like, uh, uh... You don't know how many kids, kids you have? How many kids? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. Three kids, I've <laughs> got, uh, they're 15 and 14 and, uh, and, and 17, yeah. Nice. Now, I mean, you're, you're, now you're, I mean, you're, you're a guy like Soa the Hulk, who's a fighter in Australia, you must have a smoking hot wife, correct? <laughs> uh, no comment. You can't tell me if your wife's hot? I mean, come on, what, really? <laughs> That's my business. That's no, your business. <laughs> no, no, it's um, you know, I've got a, I've got a good life. You know, my, I've got an awesome life. So it's um, you know, I can't get any better than that. You know, my kids, my two oldest girls, they're they're swimmers, so and, and they compete in swimming, and uh, and they're only fourteen, fifteen, so they're making you know, you know, trying to make some national times. You know, to eventually one day they want to, their dreams to uh, compete in the Olympics. So for swimming, so and they train morning and night. So and I swim. Um, you know, three to four times a week, and but they swim five o'clock in the morning, and then they swim at, at night time as well. So it's, it's crazy how, how how much they swim, but you know that's that's what you want to do, and this is what I want to do. It's like me the one. So wow. Yeah. Well, con- con- congratulations. Uh, now, back in the day, were you just a man though when it came to like picking up chicks in Australia? Because Australian women are pretty aggressive. I've 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 had a couple in my life. Uh, they're they're super hot, smoking, and they seem to know what they want. So was it like Hulk Smash back in the day? <laughs> nah, I was, I was I was pretty good. Like I was, I was good when I was uh, back in the days. Like um, you know, it was just uh, mainly kind of training because I was playing rugby at the time as well, and I, I pretty much did a lot of things. A sport kind of consumed a lot of a lot of my whole career. Like I was doing something, I was doing you know personal training people. Or, Kind of, uh, yeah, doing things that, uh, 
you know, the, you know traveling and, and, and competing and whether it's jiu-jitsu, submission, wrestling or whatever, you know, I try to get my fingers in everything. Nice. Well, that's uh, that's what I was asking you about putting your fingers and stuff. But 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 yeah, that's great, man. That's <laughs> nice work. Well, Hulk. Uh, uh, so, uh, man, you you seem like you uh, do you seem like a real upstanding guy, man. Super super positive guy. I got, now, one, I got one question for uh, sure. for, for Soa. So so um, we were debating earlier about just like around the world and training, and you know some people in some places aren't able to um, get a high level or caliber of training partner. Um, can you talk about that in, in Australia? Do you find that it's um, harder to find um, top level um, training partners, or do you, do you travel a lot where to, to find those those partners? I, I do travel a lot, but, um, but uh, I, I do make do what I have in, in, in Perth. Um, this camp I'm going to do uh, for this fight, um, heading over to to do a camp with AKA. So, um, and that's over in Thailand, in their, in you know, in their Thailand uh, facility. So, um, just want to kind of get my you know sharpen up my my, my stand up and stuff like that, and, and keep it you know keep, keep it sharp. But the, the guys that I have here, I, I improvise. Because I, I really know the, the, the training and stuff because I've been around for so long that what they do in America anyway. So I get a group of guys together. And a lot of the stand-up guys in, in Australia are pretty good with the boxing and kickboxing and that as well. So, um, you know, and the wrestling side of it, I've got to, you know, actually go to different places where I can get good, good wrestling over in, over in Australia. But um, apart from that, you know, and you got... Back then it was hard. Now it's, it's a little bit easier now because you've got, like, guys from, you know, like so many... Jiu-Jitsu gyms and Brazilians over here now starting up gyms, so it's really easy to kind of hop into a gym and then you know wrestle, you know, a few, few guys there and stuff like that. So, okay, so, uh, and then final question: um, You're fighting Ruan Potts at UFC Fight Night. Uh, who is this guy? Yep. What do you know about him? Um, he's um, you know, he's obviously from he's, he's from South Africa. He's the UFC champion over there and um, I've watched some of his stuff and he's you know he's good he's like his stand up is good his, his ground game is real tight um, he's going to be tough I mean he can go the, the five rounds if it needs to be so but it's only three rounds so you know he's fit so it's going to be a good fight good fight for, for both of us a good fight for him because, I mean he's the win but so, um, I, you know I, I respect all my opponents man so you know, whether he you know, he's in there with a the puncher's chance as well. So I've got to just make sure that um, he's going to be in there to, to impress as well. It's his first UFC fight. So whether he gets the jitters or not, uh, UFC jitters, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a big slipper, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'll make sure that, um, you know, I cover all bases. I've got my coaches, good coaches that are that are going through his tapes and, and, and stuff like that and trying to find his weaknesses and his good points as well. So and try to work on, on, on stuff that we need to work on. Uh, okay. Nice. Well, good luck, Soa, man. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. It was a, a pleasure to have you on the show. You're, you're a veteran. You've been around for a long time, and uh, it's good to see that you're getting some of the credits that, that uh, you deserve. Have me on, and just, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother. Thanks, take, brother. Take care. Thanks, sir. All right. Well, that was Soa the Hulk. Well, nice guy. Good guy. Good, good guy. guy. Australians are always uh, really good people. They're always very down to earth and 
yeah. charming. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Soa, for coming on. So let's talk about um, some issues. Crazy week last week. So I guess Nevada had some big hearing where they said that fighters can't take TRT. Uh, and then the next day, Vitor Belfort pulls out of his fight, which Matt Brown then mm-hmm. said, uh, hey, one day you can't take TRT. The next day, Belfort, is, is MMA Roasted running this <laughs> UFC Twitter account? <laughs> it, was, it, it, it seemed crazy. It seemed – and then yeah. – Supposedly, I, I remember being at the MMA Awards. He literally got off the plane and got tested. It took mm-hmm. him right to the testing. But now he doesn't have to disclose the test results because uh, it doesn't matter anymore. Do you know, was he tested by the commission or do you know who he was tested I by? I think the commission tested mm-hmm. him. Okay. So now he's out of the fight and Machida's fighting Chris Weidman at mm-hmm. UFC 173. Uh, now, how do you like that fight, Jake? I, I like the, well, to to go back to the the Belfort thing. It's it's interesting though how how it's going to affect him psychologically. You know what I mean? Like now he wants these whatever six months to train with you know not on the TRT. It's you know it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that. But no, I think I think Machida's a he, he's a good he definitely a good replacement. He's always exciting. Um, kind of brings some new you know unpredictable strategy to the table. It's almost but, uh, like I think that Belfort is more dangerous in one round against Chris Weidman, but Machida in a five-round fight is more dangerous because mm-hmm. I feel like Belfort can be broken. Um, and if you can outlast him for a round or two, he gets sort of tired and frustrated and kind of mentally falls apart, kind of. And whereas Machida is not going to waste any energy and has that... It's really hard to get a guy to emulate what Lyoto Machida is going to do in, in sparring. I mean, mm-hmm. Who's he going to bring in that's going to be hmm. Machida? I mean, Uriah Hall maybe? or Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that with Weidman too, he's just going to fight how he always fights. He moves straight forward. You know, he's, he's tough. He's well-rounded. He's, he's going he's gonna to go after him. So, But yeah, Machida is definitely, <laughs> he's a puzzle to, to figure out. Now, I think Chris is going to win. I think Weidman's going to take the belt. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win? Man, that's a good... I, Weidman can definitely take him down. Is this politician Jake Ellenberg? Yeah, I'm I mean, trying give me to an not answer. be so simple. It's, it, it's uh, simple. One guy wins, one guy doesn't. I, I mean, that's, know. I wish, I wish I could answer. Can you not say Machida because you train with him and therefore it would get back to no, him? No, that has no relevance on my answer whatsoever. Um, oh, it's, I don't know. It, Somebody has a gun to your Machida. head. Somebody says, okay, you have to give me an answer. I have a gun to your head. You have to let me know who you think, Chris Weidman or Machida. Now, their, I mean, look, you're the guy that said Pat Cummings was going to be Daniel Cormier. Uh, I, I said he he had it. He he did. He had a good chance. And then you say GSP could beat Brock Lesnar. That which, was true. 100%. Which created a whole thing. We got to read that guy's thing. By the way, that that our our big fan, uh, the Boongish, mm-hmm. he, he actually said that. That even though you admitted that you didn't have, have not taken crack or smoked crack, uh, your alcohol level has not been tested. Therefore, are you really drunk? Because <laughs> you know he still doesn't see how GSP is going to take Brock down, like you said. Yeah, he should probably move out of his mom's basement anyway. But <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I, if you had to he put says a gun you're one to of my his favorite head, fighters, by the oh way. man, oh, now you're going to do that to me. Yeah, yeah. you're going to do that to me. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I didn't know you were going to come back with live out of his mom's oh, basement. I'm just kidding. So. Uh, no. Okay, so you, so you're still not going to give me an answer? No. Boom, gun to my head right now. <sighs> Machida. Not because I trained with him three out of five rounds. Machida how? Three out of five rounds? Yeah, just 
just being unpredictable, you know, controlling that distance. DJ? Wow. <sighs> no, I can't go against mm. the champ. I just think the I think he's they're here to stay for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Machida's looked very, very good, especially at this mm-hmm. weight class. But you know, and he's a tough nut to crack. But I just think Weidman, with his speed yeah. and agility, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. I think is able to close that gap and probably ends up knocking that, out. That's Machida. really I think is going to be the equation is closing that gap. Can yeah. he close the gap? You know, because it's not a question. Can he take him down? Clearly, you know, you can take. He's taking some of the best guys down in the world, but. Can he close that gap? That that's going to really be the question. And and if he does take him down, you know, absolutely he can win this fight. Um, on the feet, it's just it's just a little more dangerous for him. I mean, you also have to look at okay, you know, Machida. I mean, Weidman did have that one rough fight against Damian Maya where he came in with thirty pounds, but Machida, you know, did not look great against Dan Henderson in the first fight. Although the, the, actually the only fight they fought, I mean, he he, he won, but it was pretty close. Phil Davis uh, fight too. Phil Davis did not look very good in Phil Davis. I mean, mm-hmm. not, 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 another fight that you could argue either guy won. I thought Phil Davis won, but a lot of people didn't think that it was. I could have been a draw. You know, he lost to John Jones. Yes, who hasn't lost to John Jones? But uh, he got knocked out by Shogun. The first fight against Shogun, uh, I thought Shogun won. I mean, he's he's proved that he can be beat, and he's also mm-hmm. proved that there's a certain strategy to beat him. Chris Weidman still has that zero uh, in the loss record, doesn't want to lose that zero, mm-hmm. and also hasn't really, except for the Maya fight, has not shown any weaknesses. I mean, he has not lost a round in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So, well, and if you can also play the same factor, the experience Machida has. You know, he knocks out Randy Couture at the front kick. You know, the Munoz fight, also hard to watch, but... You know, a high level wrestler. It's just you really don't. You know, you never know. So I'm just, I'm just saying. If you, if you, if you put a gun to my head right now, uh, that's my answer. I, you know, I could I could pick both ways, and I could tell you why. But right now, that's just gun to gun to my head. That's my answer. All right. So we have to uh, no more guns to your head. Basically, that's, it, that's the thing. Okay. So other stuff though. So all right. So they're not going to have TRT, except that they're saying <clears throat> that. Speaking of Dan Henderson, he's the last fighter in the UFC allowed to take TRT in his fight against Shogun in Brazil. I guess maybe because he's the first fighter ever. I, I'm not really sure why he's <laughs> the last, but he's allowed. He, he got the exemption. He got grandfathered or something. He got grandfathered in, which is, he, he is a grandfather. So that's, that's you know, the he's the last. Supper. Yeah, because he, he was at the Last Supper. Mm. I mean, so he's the last guy, which is weird that, that, that that's sort of the precedent. It sort of ends with Dan Henderson. But yeah. now, being a fighter, Jake, is this really going to change the game? Are people going to find other ways around it? Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I, I've never taken any testosterone, so I really don't know how it's going to like mentally affect these other guys. I think the biggest thing is, you know, regardless if they have these, you know, whether you make it legal or illegal, people are still going to do it. So I, I don't think it's going to change a lot. You know, it's going to change. You know, the guys who have that exemption to know that they can consistently be on this, so they're probably going to get tested. Can more, they but, cycle off of that just like they can like a steroid? You know, I assume so. It, 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 you know, in a perfect world, I'm sure yeah. you could. But, you know, I, again, I, I'm not experienced enough in that field, so I really don't know. To be Are honest. guys going to go into Bellator, you think, where they're allowed to? Uh, does that make <laughs> Bellator actually more? People are like, oh, you know what? Bellator is I'm allowed to do TRT in Bellator. Are we gonna, is Bellator going to be the, the TRT league? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, again, I, I, I haven't even thought about it. I don't know. It's hmm. one of those things. People always find a way 
to get around the system. Mm-hmm. And they'll yeah. continue to do it. They do it in all other sports. Why but I mean, MMA? like clearly you see all these guys who test positive for high level of testosterone or whatever, but it's, is that going to change, you know, them not taking it when they're training? I, I doubt it. You know what I mean? They just hope they're not going to get tested during training. Like you see all these guys who still will get on it and then whatever the cycle off or however they do it before the fight, you know, there's guys that still do it that, you know, that can get away with it. So I, I don't, I don't think it's going to change much. Yeah. So Belfort says he needs 90 days to adjust to no TRT, which is weird. Cause he's been on it since he was 90 days old. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So Joe Rogan says he has a big announcement for women's MMA that he went on the, I think it was the Kevin and bean show, which is a popular show. And he has there's a big announcement, and everyone's wondering what this big announcement is. He said he couldn't say it, but it's going to make everyone explode. Um, <laughs> it would make me explode if it's going to be Ronda versus uh, uh, Gina Carano, literally. Uh, so that's what people are saying. People are, are wondering what is what is this big news going to mm-hmm. be? Is it going to be uh, Ronda's next opponent? Is it going to be Cyborg? Is it going to be Holly Holm? Is Gina Carano coming back? Is Ronda going to fight Caraway? Uh, what? <laughs> DJ, you're you work at Fox Sports. Yeah, we all yeah. work there, but you officially you 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 you're the inside guy. Can we, you give we, us anything? We've been here? beating the bush over here, and we haven't been able to find anything out. Really? Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're just waiting. But I mean, the, the 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 talk is, you know, can Cyborg even get down to that weight and sustain? Well, since she walks around you know. at 170, that's yeah. the word. 170. So that's 35 pounds. That's a lot of weight yeah. for a woman. And then recently, uh, what for a how, man? Holly Holm came out and said, you know, I, I can't wait for my next adventure. You know, I'm, I'm ready mm-hmm. for the next step. Is she alluding to something? I mean, do we even think that Gina Carano is going to come back? I mean, I think I mean, that, that, we got to close the door on that one. I think she is firmly in Hollywood. But I know her movies are not doing that well. I, I know her movies are, I mean, all it takes is one big hit. And a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't, movies aren't doing great. But I think the next... I heard from a reliable source her next couple movies are going right to video, which is still, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, even even and movies she's already done, you know. More movies you know, than I'm doing, made. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my movies, movies are, my movies are on Vine. But, <laughs> but at the same time, look, if, if the UFC says Gina Carano's back and gets a fight, title fight against Ronda Rousey, that would not, I don't think, be fair to the other girls in this division. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And I think that would not, as like maybe to the person who doesn't like MMA or doesn't know, they, oh my God, two hot girls fighting. But that's like, you know, Randy coming back and giving him a fight against, against Cain Velasquez. That sounds like a money grab. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Gina Carano, if she comes, she's a great fighter mm-hmm. and put on some great fights and, and beat, you know, beat some top notch girls. Yeah. But you can't just leave a sport for three years and come back and get a title shot, right? No. no. You would expect him to give her a fight before even considering the Ronda fight. But, you know, for me, it's like, why Why even, you know, you got to ask yourself why you're coming back to the sport. I mean, she's clearly got a, a career in the movies. And, you know, is it for the attention? Is it? Do you think she could, you know, she's on Ronda's level? You know, I don't think so. But, again, it's a, it's a, it's a buy. It's a pay-per-view buy. And Holly Holm, uh, while being the future and being the best boxer in women's MMA, period. I mean, I think she was 37-1 and one as a boxer, a world champion boxer. And, you know, everyone that trains over at uh, Greg Jackson's, they swear by her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's only fought on, you know, the Access TV fights. I mean, what, RFA and CFA. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between that and getting to the UFC and getting the champion. And... While I think I would like to see how Holly Holm does against 
you know, um, I don't know, uh, against, uh, you know, Jessica, Jessica I. You know, how does, how does Holly Holm do against, against Sarah Kaufman? How does Holly do against Sarah Morris? I mean, how, how, do, how does she do against these girls? Cyborg. C- Cyborg. Nice. I mean, yeah. Cyborg, I think, is too high of a level right now. But let, how does she should I, fight two or three more times. Yeah. In, and she got to fight two or three times in the UFC to even, even, even sniff the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got, it's got to be the big announcement. It has to be concerning Cyborg. because And it said Cyborg hired Mike Dolce. But even that, is that... I mean, Rogan is not the kind of guy to hype something. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty... Uh, Rogan's a very honest guy. And if he yeah. says something's going to set the world on fire in the world of MMA, it's got to be bigger than Cyborg saying she dropped to 135. Well, it better be. Right? It better be. He's promising a big, big-time announcement. Yeah. We've, avoid, we've avoided talking about it um, here at Fox just because... It's not real, and it's just it's just hype. So we want to just curb our enthusiasm before we jump into it. Right. So that's that. Uh, what else? Uh, Cody McKenzie. Um, word is he retired from the UFC because he's going to make more money fishing. Uh, mm. And this is according to Lazy the Savage. We have to get back on, by the way. Uh, I like Lazy. Uh, so and then so that's because someone said Cody McKenzie is no longer with the UFC. And then it was one of the threads on the underground. And then Cody goes, yeah, well, he decided to not come back because he wants to – he'll make three times as money fishing. And then that uh, incited a debate on how much fishermen make for like <laughs> uh, – for like, there was like 20 pages of people that knew people that fished and, and, and what season it would be and Alaskan fishing versus this fishing versus crabbing. It was one of those things that just kept going on. And, but <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, have you trained with Cody? Do you know Cody? Yeah, no, I have. I've, <clears throat> I, I know Co- Cody pretty well. I've, I've trained with him a few times. He's a funny guy. You know, he's a hard guy not to like. Um, you know, he, he's definitely had some tough fights in the UFC. But again, he doesn't, I don't think he really took training. You know, ask any of his good friends. They, they, he didn't really take training seriously. Like, he lived in Vegas, you know, in one of the better places to train. And he didn't have, he didn't train at a gym because he didn't want to pay a membership. And it's like, well, Really? Like, you know, whether it's a hundred, you know, couture, drives, there's, there's so many phenomenal gyms in Vegas. And so, he, you know, to his, he, he kind of was, he didn't really take training that seriously. But your job is to be a UFC fighter. You're in the UFC. Your job is to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to pay a membership fee at a gym. I mean, how much are we talking? <laughs> just to st- give us some insight. Like when you're a UFC fighter, mm-hmm. how much are you paying for a gym? Well, it just depends. I mean, a lot, I mean, am I getting like a deal, like a $59 a month? You know, twelve months. You know, yeah. One month I mean, free. every gym's a little different. You know, some people. You know, a lot of a lot of fighters really they won't pay at all, or they'll just you know maybe like a small percentage or whatever. You know, whatever their deal a percentage is. of their their appearance fee or their win. Yeah, when they fight, almost. they'll pay a little mm-hmm. bit, or you know, they'll they'll make a deal. But it, he it, like there's there's all these ways he could have negotiated a way to train at a gym, and and he just chose to train in his garage, <laughs> which I've trained with him before in his garage and. That was, you know, we, we actually sparred on these little puzzle mats in his garage. Really? Not, yeah. With not, a kid puzzle mat. Yes. How did that yes, go? Yes. Um, you know, I, it was one of those, hey, man, let's, let's train. Like, and he wanted to spar like in the front yard. And I'm like, I, yeah, you just, yeah. Just, really? Yeah, really. And he wanted to spar in the front yard. Yeah, in the grass. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, eh, like, okay. Like, we, we ended up, you know, we rolled and, and did more like MMA sparring. But 
He's, he's, but you and him are in the front yard rolling around in the grass, and people are driving past you going, Well, this oh, was on the puzzle mats in the garage. Oh, in the garage. In the garage. Oh, oh you yeah. didn't actually make it to the grass. No. That would be hilarious. Oh, the, Garage door open, people driving by. Yeah, yeah. That can't be good <laughs> for the awesome. sport. Oh, that, that's a UFC. <laughs> that guy's right number five. Really? He's, a, he's in my, tell me, get off my lawn right now. That's, that's so you, so you're in his garage, just you and him training mm. on a puzzle mat. Mm. Now, mm. are you guys like, Timing this? Or do you, are you guys doing exercises, or are you just punching each other in the garage? No, we like we have you set rounds, so we're kind of like just just rolling uh, submissions and, and, and a little bit of like striking on the ground, and, and it ended up being a good workout. But this is like this is how he he'll just go find a workout, like he'll find his buddy and they'll go spar in the front yard or something. Like, it's like, and I'm like this, no, like I can't. Yeah, this that, can't be real. So the discipline wasn't there. I mean, that let, was let, let's factor. take like an extreme or somewhere like you pay one hundred and twenty dollars a month or one hundred fifty dollars. You know, unlimited training. That's he doesn't want to do that. You know, it's just like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. But it, it kind of proves the point. You can't be. You know, you can't. You can't train part. You can't far, fight part time. You know, no, you can't. Especially, I mean, not it's like a level. hobby almost that exactly. you happen to get paid a good good sum for. So, well, best of luck to Cody McKenzie, whatever he ends up doing. Great guy, yeah. Super funny guy. Uh, you know, all the, all the best of luck to him in, in fishing and whatever he wants. It's amazing he got so far. Imagine how, how if he actually had a real, you know, a real training camp yeah. and a real workout regimen and a real diet, how mm-hmm. far he could have went. Because, you know, everyone knows you know, his move of the guillotine, amazing move, but that seemed to be like what you have to watch out for if you fight Cody McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And still, I mean, the guy beat Leonard Garcia. He beat some top fighters, beat some, some great fighters. Yeah. So you're just like, wow. I mean, imagine if he would, would have actually taken it seriously. Uh, I know it. And it kind of, just the last thing to add, it just shows how you need a, you need a head coach. You know, you need somebody to tell you what to do because it's like a job. You know, you go to your job, you're not going to do what you want to do when you go to work. Same thing with fighting. You shouldn't do what you want to do when you train. You know what I mean? You have a coach to tell you what to do. Same thing with comedy. I mean, you have to get up every night, try new jokes. You have to have a clean set. You have to have a dirty set. You have to have a 10-minute set. You got, got a 45-minute set. Mm-hmm. You have to have a new 45 minutes. You have to always be working on new stuff. You have to know what to, what to do when this heckler comes. or how to, People are always going to try to blow you out of the thing. It's every any type of art form, there's a discipline involved. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, hey, I'm talented. Look at me. That only takes you so far and you know a lot of times people think you know people they slight me oh well, but, you know they don't realize that like i've been doing this 15 years you know i start out new york city giving out flyers every day for four years begging people to come and then living out of my car basically and having to beg people to come to shows and and even now i mean constantly just you know work and work and work and work and i can tell you how many shows i've been booed off of or kicked out of or asked to not come back and you have to just you got to keep going, keep going, keep going, working for, for peanuts. I mean, not even peanuts. I mean, for the first eight years, I didn't make a dollar. And then finally, you just, you know, you, you get to a point where you get better and you get good and people want to see you. And then you get to the point where people are like, okay, wow. And then, and then all of a sudden people start insulting you, going, oh, this guy's not good, or I can do that, or he's not funny. And then mm. I'm just like, oh, really? Well, then do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's that's my own stupid fucking transit. Okay, no, so Matt Matt Brown, uh, Matt <laughs> do Brown. I come to your job? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Matt Brown uh, is now fighting Eric Silva to headline UFC Fight Night in Cincinnati. Have you trained with Eric Silva in Brazil? No, I haven't. What about Matt Brown? Neither. Who do you like in that fight? That's a good fight. That's a good matchup. Um, you know, Eric Silva is one of those guys from Brazil that they had a lot of good things to say about coming up and. 
Um, you know, he's had a few tough losses, but he, the kid's talented. Absolutely. So, th- you know, this could be – it's going to kind of depend who shows up. But it, on good job on Joe Silva's part. It's a, it's a great If you look fight. at his losses, I mean, his one loss was to John Fitch, which no one saw that one coming. And, um, I mean uh, – John Fitch fans did, but but the, you know Fitch, a lot of John people Fitch were him. John Fitch. Yeah, I mean that was one of the most exciting fights he did, and I think that actually pissed off a, you know a lot of people when they cut Fitch because they were like, man, he just beat Eric Silva, mm-hmm. and on top of the fights he got, and then he, you know the fight with GSP and all the fights he, he he won to get up there, but but and then you look at Eric Silva, but his loss to John Fitch, and then his loss to to Kim, which was I, I'm not saying it's a fluke, but Kim even said. I landed a lucky punch. I mean, that's what Kim said after the fight mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Silva looked great in his last fight, but they, they gave him this guy Sato, who uh, it seemed like they were just kind of feeding. And people say Sato, you know, they'll like swear by him and say he's a good fighter and stuff, but, but it, it looked like they were feeding Sato to, to the wolves. Uh, fighting Eric Silva in... Like he's a good... On the Xbox 360? Good, yeah. Good fight, okay. No, well, I mean, th- some people say he's a great fighter. I'm not... But other people say, well, his record was... It was like... It wasn't that great of a record, and, and they kind of... It was a huge mismatch on paper. So we'll see. I mean, sometimes people look great against... You know, it's like anything else. I mean, they were when I when I wrestled in high school, there were kids in my team that looked like world beaters, but then when you put them up against a guy that was... To their level, that's when you know if someone's really good. So UFC Fight Night 37 is this week from England. Alexander Gustafson against uh, Jimmy Manoa. Should be a good fight. I mean, Gustafson's coming off that, that fight against John Jones where mm-hmm. uh, that was that, he was an 8-1 to one underdog, I think. And yeah. you could argue he won that fight. Yeah, a lot of people did think he won that fight. Jimmy Manoa... He's a he's a badass dude. He's funny. He was he's on the forum sometimes. And I remember <laughs> recently Dan the Wolfman, who who I, I like Dan the Wolfman. He came on the show, but he he wrote this like this like two page thing about like what I think it was on how uh, Chris Weidman broke Anderson Silva's like on like the perfect check kick and what like, gave this like ten point thing about why he did it and you know how to do it and this and that and uh, Jimmy Manoa. Uh, copied it and then wrote under it didn't read <laughs> which I was like that's, I was like, that's kind of funny like, he didn't read it yeah, but he copied uh, the entire thing and put didn't read like he just like what, that's kind of funny I, well, like, well, dude that's hilarious um, Jimmy Manoa's last couple of fights they've ended in very bizarre fashion like I mean, it's almost like the guy he's fighting is like is like cursed or has one of those Needles in them. One of those. Uh, what are those needle dolls? The voodoo dolls. Because mm-hmm. it seems like guys' legs just start falling off during this guy. Right. I mean, look at his last Jimmy Manoa. Let's look up Jimmy Manoa's last he, couple fights. I mean, he beat Jimmo, Jimmo, yeah. and Kingsbury. Yeah, that Kingsbury fight was brutal. That both was tough uh, guys. Both tough guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do we like in this fight, Jake? You know, I like Alexander Gustafson. He's he's long. He uh, he just keeps getting better. You know, you can tell he's a guy who just works hard, and he he wants to he wants to get that that fight with John Jones again. So I and you know and he's he's one of those guys. He's, he's hard. To, I've seen him. He's come to rain a few times. Really nice guy. He just he's tall. He's got that range. He's kind of just a hard guy to fight. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You're right. Now look at uh, his, his last fight, uh, Manoa. Uh, well, a second fight he beat. Uh, Sorel Diabate, am, am, am I butchering that? 
Nah, Surreal? No. Uh, Diabati was, uh, was Mano was declared the winner after Diabati was unable to continue after tearing a calf muscle after the first round. Then he fight. Then he fought uh, Ryan Gimo. Second time, his opponent injured his leg during the fight. <laughs> so he always it always ends in some strange, bizarre fashion. Uh, but I agree with you, Jake. I think Gustafson's got this one, mm-hmm. um, unless he peaked against Jones. That you know, sometimes you see these fighters they 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 have the fight of their life and they c- kind of never recover or they they don't. Or it was know. just a good matchup stylistically. Y- yeah, exactly. Right. That's the thing, you know, styles make fights. That's yeah. so true, though. What I think the fight of the night is going to be, and the most exciting fight that I'm looking forward to on this card, is Michael Johnson, Melvin Gallard. This one's got explosiveness written all over it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that Johnson wins. Mm-hmm. I like Michael Johnson. He's been on our show. He's, he's a good dude. He's, yeah. he's a black zillion. I think these two have trained together before, and Gallard said he used to beat him up during training. Mm-hmm. Um, oof, this is a tough one to pick because Melvin uh, is coming off a fight against Ross Pearson where he was winning. Pearson couldn't continue over something, but Melvin was winning that fight. And uh, Melvin, you know, he beat Mac Danzig before was that. It, was it like a disqualification or a nut shot or something like that? I think it was. Uh, yeah, I'm, DJ, look it up. But I think yeah. it was. It okay. was some kind of weird. Not, it was something where he got disqualified. There was a they couldn't continue. So, the Melvin Gillard, Michael Johnson fight, I think this is the fight I'm looking forward to the most. Um, also, my buddy's fighting on the card, uh, uh, Louis Gardnot, he, uh, the green hair guy yeah. that, that from The Ultimate Fighter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's fighting on the card, too, so I'm, I'm excited to see him. He's a good, he's a good dude, really good dude. Nice guy. Uh, um, the, yeah, this, this fight, the Michael Johnson-Melvin Gillard fight, this is the fight to watch. I, I agree with you. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be fight of the night, um, but both these guys have gotten so much better. You know, I see... You know, Melvin Gillard, both both explosive, both can strike, and uh, I see somebody getting knocked out in this fight. Yes. So, who wins this fight, Jake? Oh, I'm going to go... Oh, Adam, okay. Melvin, I think Melvin might catch him. Ooh, I'm going with Michael Johnson. I'm going... I think Melvin, for some reason... However, Michael Johnson has... He's won a lot of fights that people did not give him a chance in. he's on a tear. He's a gamer. So you got to respect that. He's a gamer. He can step up. But I'm not sure. Who do you got, Adam? I like Michael Johnson. You know, I just feel like he's found his groove with, with the Black Zillions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, his training partners with Eddie Alvarez. And uh, look at the other guys in that camp, Abel. And um, just that, that whole camp, the Jay-Z, Calvacanti, yeah. and... I just feel like the Black Zillions right now, I'm, I'm sure he's not, I don't know if he's training with Rashad. Rashad's hurt, but those guys are a little big for him. Mm-hmm. But there's something about that camp that's in a groove. You know, Did they pop- used to train together? Oh. Uh, uh, Gallard and... Yeah, Gallard and... Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, yeah, there, yeah. yeah. So supposedly they, they, they didn't know. I think they trained over when they were both at uh, Greg Jackson's. Mm-hmm. I think that's when they trained together. Or I know that Johnson left from Greg Jackson... Because I think Gallard was saying that he used to beat up Diego Sanchez in training and Michael Johnson. And then uh, Johnson came on the show and said that never happened. Gallard's out of his mind. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that Melvin Gallard, I mean, look at his, his fights. Okay, so he, 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 he beat Ross. Well, the Ross Pierce was on no contest, but he was winning that fight. And then before that, Mac Danzig. Uh, he knocked out Danzig. But then he lost to Jamie Varner. He lost to Donald Cerrone. He beat Camos. He lost to Jim Miller. He lost to Joe Lozon. 
he beat Shane Roller, Evan Dunham, Jeremy Stevens, Waylon Lowe, and then he lost to Nate Diaz. I mean, it's just one of these guys that I feel like can't get momentum for some reason. It mm-hmm. seems that when it comes, I mean, look, he's beaten some big guys on mm-hmm. some big stages, but he's lost one four out of his last six fights. He's just inconsistent. Yeah, mm-hmm. four of his last seven. But he keeps moving camps, right? I mean, his yeah. his training consistency is off. That's going to affect his consistency in the octagon. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how. Uh, where's he training right now? I don't know where he's training. I have no idea. I'm like, wait, he's not at Jackson. He's not at Black Zanes. I, is I he don't training know. With Cody McKenzie, <laughs> he's training with. <laughs> hey, he's training. He's on a fishing boat right now with Cody McKenzie. So I don't know can where I he's training. Can change my answer? Yes, yes. You can change. You think Michael okay. Johnson will win? Well, I'm leaning more and more towards Michael now. Based on the guys I said he's beaten and lost to. Recently? No, but based on where's he training, and I know who Michael Johnson trains with. But so. whoever he trained with the last fight, he looked great against Russ Pearson. So. Uh, I think I don't know. I don't know where he's training. I have no idea where. DJ, can you look it up? Can you find? I mean, the last the last thing I can find is in you know in what October he was at um, ATT. Hmm. Okay. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's a long time. He could have moved a few times from there. It'll be a great fight. I'm looking forward to the fight. <laughs> that's uh. Oh, it's at three o'clock. It starts on Sunday on Fight Pass. Yeah, it's um, noon. A lot of people, a lot of people are, are very upset about Fight Pass. They're they're complaining about it doesn't have every fight in the library in the history of the UFC, or <laughs> it doesn't have this, it doesn't have that. Uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I and I, I I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy watching fights, and the UFC provides a lot of fights. I mean, mm-hmm. tons of fights, more fights. I mean, even last week, not just including the UFC. Do you know how many fights? Like literally. Thursday night, there were fights. Uh, no, Friday night, there were fights. There was uh, the, the Titan and the Bellator. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday morning, there was the UFC. And Saturday night, uh, there was HBO uh, boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were replaying the um, World Series of Fighting. There was so World much World Series of Fighting on, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they were replaying it again. I mean... <clears throat> You could have no. <laughs> pretty soon, There's it's just no going to be twenty-four hour fighting. Like it's just going to be twenty-four hour. They're going to just have fights everywhere. Two guys in the bathroom fighting. I mean, I mean, there's fights. There's so many fights right now uh, that people. And I understand ten dollars a month is a lot of money for some people. And mm. a lot of money for anybody. I mean, it's one hundred twenty bucks a year. Uh, it adds up. Yeah. It adds up. You know, as long as the quality of fights are are consistent, I mean, I think they'll they'll get their viewership. I think they will. Yeah. You know, I mean, they definitely did the whole Coke dealer method of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some free Coke for a while, and then <laughs> I'm going to start charging you once you're hooked. I mean, that, you know, yeah. they, they, but that's, that was a good method. I think, I think people were upset because WWE, like, did their fight pass. Uh, it's 10 bucks, but you get all the pay-per-views or something. And I understand that, but I don't watch, I, don't, like, I can't even watch pro wrestling anymore. I, yeah. I, I used to love pro wrestling when I was a kid, when mm. it was Jake the Snake and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and all these, you know, Macho Man, Macho Man. and Hulk Hogan. But well, I don't know. I, I haven't really watched wrestling since I was 12 or 13. And it's hard to watch now knowing these guys will get the crap eaten out of them in MMA. It's yeah. sort of. Well, I think people were expecting CM Punk, you know, to, to come over. And he was supposed to, I guess, Raw was in Chicago. 
yeah. last night, and they were like, okay, we're going to find out if this mm. this whole CM Punk thing's real. He didn't make an appearance, so now people are bubbling up again. I was watching Twitter. People say, see, he didn't show up on Raw, so he must be serious about MMA. Yeah. And I'm like, come Look, on, Look, CM guys. Punk like, has probably made more than a million dollars. He's not going to come He's made a MMA ton of money. And get his butt kicked. I know. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not a good idea. I don't think he should. I don't know why he would want to. You know, compete in jiu-jitsu, great. If he, if he comes to MMA, he's going to get beat up. Yeah. I'm a big CM Punk fan, but... Look at, look at what happened with uh, Batista. I mean, mm-hmm. Batista, you know, you can't get a more jacked human being than Batista. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm. And he fought a guy that looked like they found him in, I, I don't know where, and that guy almost won against Batista. Was he like that, a cook from Denny's? Or? Yeah, he looked like the cook from Denny's. Oh, okay. Bum fights. Yeah, I yeah, mean, was, that, yeah. that guy did pretty well against Batista. It's just it's a different, there was a guy named mm. uh, Sean O'Hare. There used to be two guys, Sean Stasiak and O'Hare. And I think he went over to pro, he went over to try it. He got killed. It's just, it's not something you could just It's real. Up. It's real. It's, <laughs> it's there's so many ways hit. to lose a fight. Ugh. So people don't understand. There's so many ways to lose. Even know, with like even with boxing, I feel like MMA is a lot. It's harder to succeed than it is boxing. And not knocking boxing, but there's know, way more variables. Way Absolutely. more variables. Absolutely, winning and losing. There's way more ways to lose. And did you watch MMA. the, the uh, Chavez fight? By the way, no, I didn't. It was a good fight. I didn't. Oh, uh, Brian Vera against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I heard so, it was a good fight though. Yeah, it was. It, it was a good fight. Chavez Jr. Another guy who. If he would just take this seriously, oh, I know he showed up 45 minutes before the boxing match. They didn't know where he was. He just shows up 45 minutes. Like, like what do you? What did you forget that you had a boxing match tonight? Uh, did you ever watch like when you watch him training with Freddie Roach and Freddie's like, <laughs> "Where's he at?" You know what I mean? Like, and I, I get it. You know, he's got you know Chavez Senior. He's got some big shoes to fill, but it's like, you know, oh, he's like you, stoned and eating Cheerios. Yeah, like, you're you're having Cheetos on the couch. Like, like you're you could be. Way, you know, I just feel like he has so much potential. And how many guys at the gym do you see like that? Where you're like, man, if this guy took it seriously, he could be really good. All the time, it's so common. I mean, every gym I go to, there's always a couple that you're like, man, this guy could be really good. But it's that mental fortitude, right? That yeah, separates yeah. the the champions from everybody else, yeah, or even the the lower rung, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a lot of it really is just. You, just the work ethic too. Like you know, so many guys they they'll come to rain and they just want to they want to spar. They don't want to wrestle. They don't want to drill. And it's just like, well, you know, I, I get it, but you know, it, some people are just not willing to do whatever. You're talking about uh, during the break talking about Pat. Uh, someone called him Pat Frap, which I think is the best. <laughs> I think is the best nickname I've heard. Pat Frap, uh, Pat Cummings, uh, uh, and, and you were saying how even at the gym he is a monster. He's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no, he is. He's one of those guys. It's like, it's it's hard. To, it's hard to like you know, like you were talking about Mike Pyle. It's just it's hard to like see how good somebody's going to do in, in under the lights. You know what I'm saying? But you see in the room, you're like, man, this guy's unbelievable. But it's just it's a different world. You know what I mean? Under the lights, you got to be able to perform. No, I mean I have that problem with auditions sometimes, where I'll I'll get a scene. And I'll you're going to say something my, about uh, in bed or something? No, no, I'll do that with like I'll, I'll walk around with my acting coach for like. Three hours and mm-hmm. all day, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm freaking Stanislavski here. I'm, I'm killing it. And, and then I get to the audition, and then my heart starts pounding. And then I start thinking about stuff, and what well, if I don't get it? And how much money do I get for this? And uh, blah, blah. And then before I know it, I'm completely out of it. 
And it's never, or it's not how it was, you know, comedy-wise. I mean, there are times that, you know, I'll do a show in the middle of nowhere, and I'm, you'd think, I, you know, oh, my God, Adam is just destroying this room. But yeah. then I go to a conference sometimes, and then there's like 100. If I have a good set, I get 100 grand, and if I don't, I, get, I lose money. And you start having those, those thoughts, and I'm not thinking about what I should be thinking about, which mm. is the joke or what I'm talking about. And I'm sure with fighting, it's probably... I mean, I can't imagine you go out there, you know if you get your ass kicked, everyone's going to see it. You've been talking tons of smack. Uh, <laughs> you, you have an ACL injury or this injury or that injury, which, which your opponent doesn't know about, maybe he knows about. I mean, there's got to be so much pressure that goes into it, right? Yeah, no, there, there, there really is. It's just there's so many distractions, you know what I mean? That's the biggest thing. There's so many distractions, whether it's you know money or relationships or people talking. you got all these you know, you got the crowd. You, just, you have a lot of things to worry about, but all you got to focus on is like, you know, what I'm going to do. But it comes, you know, it comes down to you got to put yourself there. You got to put your mind there. You got to train and, and really expose yourself in training. You know what I mean? And, and, and spar and make it real. You know, you got to make training real because you're going to you're only going to fight how you train. So, everybody, thank you for listening today to today's MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at MMA Roasted. Or at Adam Comedian. You can see my whole schedule at adamhunter.com. This Friday, I will be at the John Lovitz Comedy Club. Friday night. Uh, next week, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, thank you, Fox Sports. Jake, how do people find out about you? Follow me on Twitter at MMA, And uh, a big thanks to Fox Sports for, for having us. And uh, Todd Rex, T-O-D-D-R-E-X-X, uh, um, on Twitter and on Facebook. And ToddRex.com is my website. I'll be at the Improv in uh, Hollywood this Saturday or this Friday night, uh, 10 o'clock. So come check it out. Thank nice. you. Leia! Leia!